welcome to File Under Entertainment Podcast with Eric and Jared, where we continue our musical journey series, this time with our buddy, David. Hi, David. Hi, Internet. <laughs> Hi, Internet. How's it going, guys? <laughs> yeah, before I'm my usual bad and forgetful self, as Jake always likes to call me out on. David, <laughs> why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and where they can find you? Uh, yeah, uh, I'm David of Let's Play Death Ray, uh, owner, operator, CEO, uh, and founder of Let's Play Death Ray, uh, and the talent of the podcast Life is Unfair, <laughs> uh, where I allow Jake to work, and uh, we put that on together. And then you can find my many guest appearances on File Under Entertainment. <laughs> you guys are the worst. <laughs> and jared super producer and co-host where can they find more of you file entertainment (laughs) (laughs) i'm on the evil mark show every friday uh typically uh when work and the internet providers are not destroying our uh podcast as well as every saturday at some random time before 6 a.m is when feathers and friends drops and then i've been appearing quite frequently on let's play death ray with david and the boys playing a bunch of video games online because they've been kind enough to let me into their fold Very where can cool. they find you eric <laughs> file <laughs> under entertainment of course and also yes the evil mark uh, show the Thursday edition, which is typically the college football in season, but uh, in the off season, it's just uh, a lot of pop culture, a lot of after hours stuff, and just uh, it's supposed to be all sports, but it, it's basically just random bullshit until uh, college football comes back. And yeah, more of the same. But yeah, this is the main gig. You've stumbled upon File Under Entertainment, <laughs> the treasure trove that has featured David numerous times, Jared multiple times, and in a guest role, but also as in the co-host capacity since uh, what episode uh, E yep, of was, the music season. So yeah, I, we always been like here to, for the long haul. We always like to tell like some of we're like, oh yeah, some of these representatives are going to be promoted to customer. I've been promoted to fucking producer, so here we are. <laughs> hey, you volunteered for that? <laughs> I didn't volunteer for uh, shit. I was I was told. And told. <laughs> I was told a PC was on its way, a PC came, and then, hey, stick around, teach me, and then just we never made time, and so here I am. Uh, I've got a gig every other Friday, and I do actually thoroughly enjoy it. So Until tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yep, until tonight. Here we are. Love you, buddy. Why are we here, though, Eric, David, Jared? Why are we here? Well, you're ask- you just asked yourself, so I- that's the answer that I really want to hear. I I'm here because I was told to show up, and then I got a text that I was going to be late, and then I said, "Oh my god!" And I waited a little bit. I was gonna launch into the red versus blue thing of why are we here? (laughs) Why is anyone here? Uh, We can't get too existential right out of the gate. We gotta build up ourselves for that. We also have to get the bucket to catch our tears and the box of tissues at the ready because this is the one that we've kind of been jokingly talking about since the start of the musical journey that they've some of them have gone more sad panda as jared likes to say than others but for the most part i mean jake's was like pretty happy there was only really the the one song that was kind of like a a little bit of downtrodden but um david has warned us from the onset that this is gonna be pretty heavy 
I like a couple of songs I see already, so I'm excited. I'm pretty sure there's five songs I won't cry at now. Yay! After having abused myself with this playlist for yeah five months. of the of the 13 whereas you told me the other day like in preparation for this that you cried at every single one so i'm like oh my if uh if you break down i'm most is assuredly gonna break down and this would be the the real test for for jared because he didn't break down really at his own <laughs> there uh there was one song but that he laughed I... maniacally just like that <laughs> There was one song that I legitimately had to listen to, like, every day for a while before I could get, like, desensitized enough to talk about it, so. I, uh, okay. how many times did you have to listen to this list, out of curiosity? Have to, or did? Well, yeah, <laughs> half, like, how, how many times did you have to do that? Because, like, at the, as soon as Eric was like, hey, we're doing this this musical journey, I thought like I was going to be like first or something. So I was like, let's get it out of the way. Let's build it. And then narcissistically, I just listened to it like every day, at least two to three times <laughs> because I could technically do that at work. But yeah, like it, it got to the point where like I'd purposely go for a drive, hit play and just drive around for like an hour or so. I went. So after I finalized the list, I listened to it probably six times. Then I changed the list. Um, and then refinalized it, and then I listened through it probably, well, uh, I went through, let's see, a month of listening to it on the drive home from work every day. So, How long is your drive? Uh, about 20 minutes, so I'd only make it through a couple of songs, but, you know, when you're doing it five days a week for a month. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, I know, because you we're one of the first people <laughs> you're one of the last people to do to record the actual journey but you were one of the first people to kind of finalize a list well at least like the first iteration of that and i yeah. know that you've been kind of talking about looking forward to this just to kind of get it in the rear view so my <laughs> apologies that that you were kind of towards the end we we joked that uh maybe jake's should have come after yours as the palate cleanser kind of thing but um, so just like Jake, you've guested several times over the course of, well, the run of the show, but certainly, uh, this music season, and you've had that benefit of a few other people's musical journeys being in the can before you have to get on the therapy couch yourself. So naturally, uh, the question that I've come to ask all of the guests, the stock question, what is your outlook? on the musical journey episodes. So first off, I want to say that uh, I, I made it a goal to obviously answer all of the questions that um, the group kind of came up together with and, and wanted answered on each of these. Cause obviously I wanted to honor the spirit of what we're doing, but I also, I'm a storyteller and with what I do on top of that um, and my job, I think very chronologically so a big part of this is is we're going to kind of take a literal journey through my life starting pretty young actually and go through some some stuff uh where music was my coping skill so that's part of the reason why so much is attached to this um and that's the way that I kind of saw that is is 
I I tried to answer everything with the song that came to mind for for that thing, that answer, that that time of life, I guess. Um, and I really wanted to make something that could hopefully, I guess, like yeah, a lot of it's going to be sad and emotional, but I wanted to make something that could show people sort of how I got to where I am makes me make sense and sort of makes people feel like, I guess, hopefully that they're not alone um, in this type of feeling and, and that mm. you don't have to have these experiences be something that shapes you into something negative. Like, I've had a lot of traumatic, like, don't get me wrong, people have had way worse lives than me, but I've had a lot of traumatic experiences that I've had people use as excuses and crutches to do horrible things and it doesn't have to be that way. But so you kind of already organically answered the the follow-up question which is like what are you hoping that we learn about you over the course of the episode you kind of answered that and, and get, did you like your mission statement so I guess uh, alternative question would be um, you kind of mentioned it uh, already in terms of how often you listened to this and how you had to kind of condition yourself to be able to get through this. So being able to talk to both of us and, and get the message out there. Um, my hope is that it's going to be like a, a cathartic experience have you felt yourself getting better listening to it? Or that was just like, you knew that you were just listening to it yourself. You didn't have to discuss it with anyone yet. So that the, the discussion of which is going to be like the big hurdle to get across or. It's going to be the first time that I've put myself this out there on the internet, which will be interesting. Um, I don't know. I know what I have planned to say. I hope that I can say it all. Um, I think that, I mean, the first couple times I listened to this, it made me depressed. Uh, and I had to realize that some of the stuff that I thought I had worked through, I had not, <laughs> um, which was good. Um, and, you know, I think with dealing with what I deal with and, and working where I do, I've had a pretty good understanding now of sort of how to gauge my mental health. And uh, Which I, I don't I, know if you're kind of at liberty to say what it is that you do or if i mean certainly you don't have to put out where you work but i mean if you want to give right, right. like the the basis of of what it is that you do for the people that haven't heard you or don't, aren't aware i work in a treatment center so a long-term inpatient substance abuse treatment center for incarcerated individuals um so i work very closely with therapists counselors case managers uh i work very closely with things like um you know, uh, people who are doing things like MRT, uh, CBT, REBT, which if you don't know what any of those mean, that's fine. Um, but, you know, so we study cognitive behavioral therapies and, and things like that, which by no means am I saying I'm a therapist, but I, I literally have therapist friends that I can go to and be like, hey, I need to talk like I need to process this. Um, and I've definitely always been a processor like I am not. I, I handle things better when I can talk about them. Like if I had discovered broadcasting as a as a young adult, my life probably would have been very different because just the act of talking it through and processing it helps me move past things so much faster and, and better. So I, I think this is 
gonna be a good thing. I hope so. Jared seems skeptical, though. He's, <laughs> he's kind of shaking his head. Jared, are you you think not so much? You Everybody find the opposite? Sad as shit, man. Like, I'm ready to Who, me? Yeah. Oh. Sad, sad panda, man. Listen, I got shitty news right before we started recording, so I do sound sad panda. Look, I am sad panda right now. Look, I wanted to stab every representative I worked with in the face the other day, and I still uh -huh. had to turn on the good news and, and chin up uh -huh. and... Yeah, see, he's not even paying attention. I, I'm looking. I am a hundred percent paying attention to you, you <laughs> dingbat. First of all, well, there I Second go. Second of all, um, yeah, now you're leaving screen. It's it's you... blue is so pissed off at my webcam, dude. It's like not even funny. Like he's all day. He has been like literally trying to chew it off. For like he he's mad at it, so mad at also, it. So, also, I just got told like bad news about my mom's health dude like I, you didn't have to say that i was trying to be trying to lighten the mood man all right i got it i got it i don't live well like i don't live comfortably in other people's sorrow like, oh buddy oh we're I gonna know. take a whole trip <laughs> that's why i'm like... gonna drag you through the mud and i will not hose you off when we're done yeah. <laughs> it's like in tarkov when david was like i'm gonna teach you this game it's like no i'm just gonna kill shit and you're like no you're gonna learn it and here i am just like i know so much and uh all right we'll put up the hood of sorrow let's start this thing <laughs> well so david in all of your visits <laughs> here there's been typically at least one song most of the time sometimes more that leads into a story about a not so great time in your life and i know that there are a lot of those on the docket here today so i think we've all come pseudo ready with some expectations but in your opinion are there going to be any surprises over the course of this episode as we delve into all things david i certainly hope so uh if you see the things coming that that are, are on the way like that's god i'm transparent as fuck uh <laughs> but but also i think yeah i think there's I don't know. There's always surprises to people if they're being honest and open for the first time. And this is definitely the deepest will have dived. Like we've talked about sad stuff that's happened recently for the most part on the show. We're going to get into some shit that happened to me when I was young. <laughs> okay. Well, and I so haven't the... talked with anybody about except for most of this my wife knows about. Okay, and does she plan on listening? I don't know if... Okay. No. Listen, right. plan on and actually gonna, two very different things. Fair enough. So, well, I don't know where Jared disappeared to, but I mean, uh, so I, you had texted before, and so we have to be kind of cognizant of doing it. Um, you were expressing how much, um, like, you yourself and probably other people like to follow along lyrically. So they need to have kind of a chance before the music begins to know the artist and the song title. So instead of doing the typical thing that we do, which we we kind of tend to just like lead into, it's like, oh yeah, this is this song and whatever, we'll try to be more uh, cognizant of doing the introduction. So do you want to start us off with the first song on the list yeah uh absolutely so this is going to be hotel california by the eagles um which i i definitely have you know things to say about it afterwards and sort of an intro in for every single one of these songs um 
specifically because I had recommended that. I figured <laughs> I'd probably start that way. So I prepared my my stuff for that. Um, this is the first song that I was ever shown kind of uh, that wasn't like a theme song or like a cartoon song or anything like that. Mm -hmm. um, I went with this one specifically for, for two reasons, uh, which would be that one, um, you cannot find the first song that I really remember because it doesn't exist anywhere. Um, and it's, it's also about, you know, the, the person who this song is kind of dedicated to in my mind, if you will, which is Jake's dad, um, who we've heard a lot about already. Mm -hmm. um, he and my mom uh, used to do uh, worship services because my parents are both ordained ministers. Um, and uncle has uh, played guitar for longer than, you know, I've existed, obviously. Um, and they would always do uh, Amazing Grace set to the tune of House of the Rising Sun. <laughs> Okay. Um, yes, I. Yeah, you guys have mentioned that before. To the point of which, I still don't know the right tune for "Amazing <laughs> Grace," um, but uh, that is like I think the song that I think of when I think of my mom and my uncle. But this song, um, and we'll we'll talk about why it's so important to me afterwards. But this was the first like non in church, non gospel music song that i remember um and well, do you is... remember like how old you were or who introduced you to this well song? yeah it was jake's dad my uncle who uh like i said we'll talk a little more about after this but uh um i god i can't even remember how young i was i some of the earliest memories i i have regarding you know again non-church music was was this was hotel california um and listening to my uncle play it and you know i was <laughs> i was bullied a lot as a kid which is funny because like a few years forward from this i was beating up the bullies but um i don't know people always treated me shitty like even i even got told by a lady in church to stop singing because i wasn't good at it and she did the wow. like church lady thing like the the whole like well, honey, singing's not your gift. Like, and uh, this uh, song, my <laughs> uncle wasn't, my uncle wasn't like that. Like he, he encouraged it. Like, and, and we'll, man, I, I could spend the whole time just talking hey. about my uncle and music, but he We've was like, you Come sing, on, nephew. I will always love you. It's pretty great. So. <laughs> uh, no, it's not. It's terrible. <laughs> but really he, you know, he was, it was like you know the words nephew come sing come sing music's for everybody and like he was always accepting of me and that was one of those things that that really uh stood out to me in life that's great all right so i guess uh we're ready to give the song a listen right okay jared if you will please
said, we are all just prisoners here of our own device. And in the master's chambers, they gathered for the feast. They stab it with their stealing eyes, but they just can't. song a lot like a lot a lot me too uh <laughs> fuck <laughs> it song kind of terrified me as a kid like i like especially like the the ending well the the ending of the verses where you know you can check out anytime you like but you can never leave like i like i just had like this existential dread even as a child of like oh what does that mean like he's trapped here They're like thinking that this was like uh a legitimate narrative kind of piece from from Don Henley, like he's trapped in this hotel. <laughs> I, pardon me. I see that's so funny because one of the things that I have you know like written down for talking about this is, you know, I grew up with the typical debate about this song that continued to rage on forevermore. You know, is it about hell? Is it about drugs? Is it about his girlfriend that he went down and visited and died along the way? Like, there's all these different theories but it was never about that for me it was always about family like i i 
I don't know if you noticed, but I, I can't hear this song without singing along to it. Cause like, like I said, I still, every time I hear it, I just, I get that mental image of my uncle sitting there in the living room with his guitar and just waving me over and come on, nephew, sing along. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> and, uh, he's just always like, you've heard some of the bad stuff about him in our, you know, appearances before but like he was always pushing me to be better um and uh my dad wasn't around a lot when i was younger and uh like <laughs> my first anti-drug speech came from my uncle as he was packing a bowl of marijuana <laughs> fucking looking at me don't ever do this shit bean and then he'd light it up but like and it sounds so counterproductive and stupid, but like he was constantly like when he found out I wanted to go into law enforcement, you know, he was super supportive of it, which is as a lifelong criminal, you would think he would be like, ah, you fucking narc shit. Some of my mm. other family members treat me that way, but he just, the only thing I remember, he told me, remember their people. <laughs> That's all he ever repeated. <laughs> That is one of the best things that I ever learned in law enforcement, dude, was remember that they are people. You are interacting with these people on their shittiest days sometimes in their life, especially <laughs> yep. on intake. And if you treat them like a person, they will treat you like a person right back. And sometimes, dude, that is how you gain mad respect. That's exactly it. And he, I don't know if I've ever told the story on this podcast. I know I brought it up on others, but. I was accused of stealing a lot of money from Sears, which I did not do. Um, mm -hmm. And I think the thing that really, like, always cemented, <laughs> here's this stoned, out-of-his-mind hippie, just everyone in a church would have turned their nose up at him. But uh, <laughs> when, I got, when I got walked out and I got picked up, I got taken to my house, five minutes later... He was on the phone and he told me, I've been talking to God, nephew, and he told me something's wrong. So tell me what's happening. And he was the only person that I talked to that day who didn't ask me, did you do it? Hmm. It's the only person who knew my character well enough. Even my own father asked me, did you do it? And don't get me wrong, when I said no, they believed me. But only person I talked to that day who didn't ask. And he told me that it didn't matter what people said. It only mattered what I did. And how I came back from it. And not to let it make me hate people. Hmm. And that stuck with me the rest of my life. Um... And don't get me wrong, there's a lot wrong with my uncle. Um, yeah, but there's also a lot right. And he was definitely one of those people who was responsible for making me who and what I am. Uh, and, you know, I'm not going to lie. Like, I saw some of the worst human behaviors from him, too. Mm. But I also saw some of the best and learned some of the best lessons from him so 
the song uh every time i hear it i i i can't help but think about uncle and and all of those times when i was younger well because in a lot of ways i mean it sounds like he's acted kind of as a, a surrogate father or you look to him as more like a, a father figure than maybe an uncle is that a fair assessment um i i don't know like in some ways yes like but i also knew you know i knew about the bad behaviors too like i wasn't completely blind as a child but it was just i don't know there was this weird sort of mutual respect between my uncle and my dad um that like my dad kicked my uncle and all of his family when they were living with us out because he found you know drugs in in the house um and and screaming and yelling match and all of this stuff but also like my dad would never say a bad word about my uncle um and vice versa my uncle would never like even though there were clearly like rules and decisions and things that you know my parents would make that my uncle would not make for his own children or mm -hmm. think were the right choice he would never never ever say a bad thing about my parents at least to me and he always like encouraged me to follow you know follow the rules do what they're telling you like yeah that's the rule out here but if they say that like that's what you have to do like you do what they tell you so i don't know there was it was just that scene of that mutual respect and seeing the i guess two different sides of life even as a young man um like and and some stuff like that my uncle did god some people are probably call it child abuse now like my my uncle's way of teaching you stuff was rough but it i learned and i needed it as we'll find out later cuz like uh yeah my dad taught me martial arts but my uncle taught me how to fight mm. <laughs> and they are two different things yeah what are you doing september 7th david what the eagles september are playing 7th? madison yeah come to madison I... baby <laughs> Bro, I don't know. Uh, that's too far away. <laughs> no way. You can totally uh, come up to where I am and hang out. And... I didn't mean that. I meant that's too far away in the future for me to oh, know what I'm doing. Oh, no. I was like, yeah, come, on, <laughs> come out to Madison. Come see the Eagles with Steely Dan is who I think it is. I don't know. I'm oh, man. Steely Dan. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> can we go late? Like, <laughs> <laughs> It says they're on tour. Yeah, with Steely Dan, uh, September 7th. Because, dude, I love Spotify. It'll give me like these little, like, like, cause I'll play these little songs and I can see these neat little snippets about the artists. And, and you were talking about how he was playing. I was like, well, how cool would that be to have David go see him live on September 7th? That would yeah. be cool. As long as we can skip Steely Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> All right. So more about the song. Was there any reasoning behind choosing the 2013 remastered version or is it that just the most like prevalent one on spotify that is the best one the best quality one that i could find on spotify um yeah there's nothing special about like that particular version um uh and like jake said in his episode you know uh his dad would take some liberties with the actual musicality part of songs a lot um and so like there's some differences obviously from my memory and this song sometimes um but i don't know yeah i i just i love this song um and 
this and Leonard Skinner's uh, Simple Kind of Man were like the mm. two songs that always remind me of my uncle. Um, so they That's were a good one. They were the most prevalent, I think, that I he played while I was around. All right, so the uh, the superhero origin story question. <laughs> what parallels do you see in your current taste in music that you can track back to the source code? Uh, well, one, it's telling a story. And as you guys <laughs> all know from the Mountain Goats and the Hold Steady <laughs> and the Sufjan Stevens, and <laughs> I love songs that are storytelling. Um, I love to tell stories. I love to be told stories. Um, I love that. Uh also, big rock guy. Uh, you'll find uh, on this list, there's a whole lot of like metal and rock and roll because that was my formative music. And yeah, I think a lot of that comes from, you know, listening to Hotel California, ACDC, Guns N' Roses, um, you know, just so much of that early rock and roll, that 60s rock, 70s um, was really a big era for my uncle. Um, and at this time, uh, my parents were still very much so like, they weren't the like crazies who were like, uh, instruments and music is evil, but they, <laughs> it was very much so like Christian music only at the house. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you've yeah. heard in, in my story that was, I can share a parallel with you on that one. It was, uh, for sure. Yeah. So. All right, so anything else uh, about that song in particular, or did you are you ready to move on to the next one? We we can move on to the next one, so that it, it's one song in, and I've cried already twice. Yay. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> um. Let's let's move on to the next one because it's less sad. And, and the band <laughs> I didn't know was uh, was was Christian. If, oh, if, yep. if I know if if I remember them correctly. Yep. Yeah. Skillet is a big time. Uh, Christian music, uh, which this next song is Savior by Skillet. Um, wonder what it's yeah. about. It's uh, <laughs> not what young me thought it was about. <laughs> <laughs> um, listen, when you're young and you hear lyrics, you're dumb. Um, <laughs> but uh, Some, sometimes when you're old and you hear your lyrics and they're not what you really thought that they were, you're dumb. So, <laughs> well, but this isn't a misheard lyrics, this is a misinterpretation of lyrics. But uh, uh, yeah, so this is the first album that I bought. And this is the song off of this. You actually get two songs off of this album in this journey, which is we'll get there. Um, The other ones. Uh, oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this song is uh sort of the the song that made me buy the album. Uh, This was the first album that I bought with my own money. Um, while it technically wasn't the first CD I owned, um, it was the first one that I actually bought. Uh, I went up to FYE at the time. Oh, my God. Because um, <laughs> Sam Goody had just switched over. Or was it the other way? I don't remember. That store was so many things. It was Sam Goody. It was FYE. It was some other thing that I don't remember. Um, we went up to the mall, and I, I found this because I had heard skillet uh live actually um before this and i was like man that's awesome it's like rock and roll but i can listen to it at my house uh, 
Um, and it wasn't like, I don't know. Um, and this song sort of stuck out to me mostly because obviously it's a Christian song. It's, it's talking about Christ and things like that as you get into this. But as a young man, that didn't really register with me. And I always have had sort of that savior complex chip on my shoulder. Um, I had to defend my brother a lot, for instance, um, my little sister, um, I know I mentioned before I've been shot at, I've been stabbed. Uh, <laughs> um, but at this point in my life, I've already studied martial arts for, cause this would have been, Oh shit. 2002 is when I bought this CD. Um, cause I would have been, or no. Yeah. No, 2001. Cause I would have been 11. Um, I have to remember how old I am. Uh, <laughs> sorry. I did do math. Um, and so I'd been studying martial arts for almost six years at this point. Um, my brother's been bullied. He's not officially my brother at this point. He's just like my best friend. Um, I've had a lot of troubles with bullies, like I said, um, not only myself, but also everyone around. Um, I had two neighbor girls that I had to end up protecting um, from not only their... Uh, would be suitors if you will but also uh their parents um like i watched the the stepmom you know come in and literally start beating them and had to call the cops and get involved in all that at a very young age and all of that fun stuff and deal with the repercussions of that um which then of course they tried to accuse me of being a pervert because I was staring in the girl's window, which is not what happened at all, but that was a whole fun thing. <sighs> um, but anything to try to, you know, justify and, and get out of it themselves. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, this song um, a as a young man really sort of uh, resonated with me because I felt like everywhere I was going, I had to keep saving people and getting involved. Um, legitimately this same year, three different times just by being in the wrong place at the wrong time. I had to call the police and, and at one time literally step in between a dude and his daughter who was getting beat. Um, one of them was one of the gals that we went to church with. And uh, like our church that I was going to on Wednesday nights was like three blocks up from where I lived. So we walked, um, you know, past dark didn't matter back then nobody cared mm -hmm. um and i walked her home and her dad just was on a drunk bender and tried to literally start beating the shit out of her and i stepped in front of him and he smacked me across the face and then you know i just stood there as he screamed and then one of the neighbors called the cops and so like three different times in this one year i had that on top of you know, my brother always would run his mouth at school. Every single fight I have ever been in in my entire life, with the exception of the one that just happened like a week ago, has been because my brother ran his mouth or someone threatened my sister. Um, <laughs> well, I think we're going to have to hear more about <laughs> the fight from a week ago. Uh, no. Okay. Legally. Sorry. Oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I guess let's give a listen to the song uh, Savior by Skillet.
Okay. So, I mean, I know that you kind of touched on it a little bit already about where you got it from, which sidebar, F-Y-E, such a lame acronym. You know, it's no F-U-E. So <laughs> that's wow. much better. Wow. <laughs> that's you much better. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> so, but uh, tell us the story about actually buying the record. Like, do, do you remember physically I, going in there and, and purchasing it? I do. Um, because, uh, again, way back, you know, plus we're Casper, Wyoming. Nobody cares about crime. Nobody thinks like with the exception of when I was a kid and my aunt and all that weird stuff, because they had a, I couldn't play in the front yard when I was a kid without being watched because my aunt threatened to kidnap me. Um, but that's a whole nother story. Um, <laughs> doesn't have a song related to it. Right. <laughs> Feels like it should. <laughs> Listen, my first memory is getting half my face bit off by a chow. My next memory is, you know, getting told I was going to get abducted. All right. <laughs> my life started out weird. <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> um, But uh, uh, I remember hearing the uh, skillet in concert. And then um, one of the girls who I actually ended up, she'll come up again later um that i had met uh played this cd for me and i heard this song and i was like man that kicks ass um and i knew my parents like i couldn't buy like jethro tull or acdc or any of that stuff so i went up and i had some money from because i'd always done like side job i've worked since i can remember really doing stuff to get money as a kid, you know, shoveling sidewalks. And I remember finally having enough to buy a CD player uh, or not a CD player, but a CD. Cause my parents had gotten me a boom box with a CD player in it for Christmas. Hmm. And so I remember being dropped off uh, at, at our Walmart, which is like right across the street from our mall and being allowed to walk over there and, and, you know, go do whatever. And I remember walking into the music store and I wanted that album. And it's so funny because I actually almost bought a, a different album uh, of theirs, one of their older ones. And I also looked at, uh, oh, what was that band called? Uh, Switchfoot. Because uh, like no one that I knew, you know, was listening to them. And I was like, ah, oh, I could be the hipster kid basically like <laughs> i didn't think of it that way at the time but mm -hmm. i 100 percent had the thought of i could get something no one else is listening to uh and then i ended up finding a copy of this like tucked back behind where it wasn't supposed to be and uh i was like oh i recognize that cover i do love that i do love that cd so and then i ended up just grabbing it and buying it and um and then i played that cd specifically for like non-stop for probably like two weeks <laughs> hmm. i know every word and every bar and every chord of every song on that cd still to this day got a boy um okay. it was the only cd i had man <laughs> <laughs> um and that lasted for about three weeks and then I got enough money and I went and bought another CD and then another and, you know, just sort of took off from there. So, I mean, obviously you still, I mean, you added the song to your list. I mean, so is this one that still gets like uh routine plays or, I mean, does it still hold up in your mind? 
Uh, Hold Up, sure. It's a good song. Like, I enjoy it. Um, Routine Plays, no. Okay. Um, As I was, I hadn't listened to the song in probably 15 years. Mm -hmm. Um, And as I was going through the list, I was like, oh my God, I forgot about that. Um, cause as I was answering the questions, I was like, what was, what was the first CD? And I had to backtrack cause I, this is probably the one that changed the most when I was first compiling my list. Cause I was like, oh yeah, that was the first CD. Definitely. And then I was like, no, that was when I was 20. What am I? I definitely <laughs> had CDs before then I go back and I'm like, no, that was when I was like 17. I definitely had ones before then. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, uh, this one was the hardest for me to narrow down just cause, I had to keep thinking back as to when I actually, and then I remembered like the minute I heard this, um, I typed in skillet and I saw the cover art and I was like, you know what? I think it's that. And I hit play on, on uh, with the shuffle on. Cause I always do. And this was the first song that played and I was oh, like, wow. Oh my God. And then all of the <laughs> memories came flooding back That's and just the cool. nostalgia of, of listening to this. Um, like this was the first CD that I blasted when I got my first car, you know, <laughs> like, um, so yeah, it, it got a lot of play until it didn't. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. So looking back now, I mean, knowing what you know now, would this still be your purchase or would you go in that switch foot direction with time uh... traveling, David pick up something different? No, because I think everything that I went through re- is required to be who I am. Um, I think that I am a sum of my parts. Uh, so I, I think that my experiences allow me to do what I do and be who I am. Uh, do I want to go through the next song on this CD ever? No, I was a dumb kid. But uh, like... <laughs> I don't know. You can't change it. You can't change it. You have to either accept it or, or I don't, you have to accept it. That's just how it works. <laughs> I get that. But I mean, like in the, uh, in the, the far away view kind of thing in a world where time travel is uh, a practicality, <laughs> would you make a different decision knowing what you know? Or would you still have saying like for all the the bad like I think you just answered my question like for all the the bad that has shaped you into the person that you are and so you would still go about the same path. Yeah, I can't imagine like those thought experiments are ones that I suffer with a lot because I I can't imagine how different my life would be. I mean, the amount of times a s- fraction of an inch or one slight movement or one uh just small choice has literally saved my life and and it's been brought to my attention is so many times that I can't count so it it always I always struggle with those cuz I no I don't want to change anything cuz if I change that what if then it changes this and mm-hmm. I'm standing two feet to the left and I get a bullet to my face and I just die when I'm 20? Like, sure. I don't want that. <laughs> so I don't know. I struggle with those. Okay. Do you want to introduce us to the next one? Yes. Number so three. The, this one is probably going to be, I don't know, might be one of the biggest surprises on the list for, for some. 
Um, we're talking about the next song, which is When Kempo Strikes by Red Cloud, uh, now known as MC Red Cloud, which, okay. Um, but uh, who is awesome, by the way. And uh, I got to meet him, which is where I discovered his music. Um, and uh, he's actually guest starred on Yellowstone, which was like a big um, <laughs> TV show on uh, Amazon Prime and stuff. But uh, he's an indigenous rapper. Um, and mind you, at this point in time, rap was non-existent in my world. Like I hated rap. I thought <laughs> I thought rap was for stupid people. I'm just going to say it. I did. I, I thought that people who listen to rap were all thugs and, and morons because in my experience the only people that I had met to this point who listen to rap were all thugs and morons um, <laughs> it's just it was a, a very shallow worldview that I had at the time uh, that has since changed quite a bit um, but I got the opportunity one of my buddies was like hey I'm working this event tonight um, and I need someone to help me run the soundboard you want to come learn how to run the soundboard and i was like yeah that sounds awesome um and it happened to be a red cloud concert uh that he was putting it on and uh so i got to sit up in the sound booth and and run the sound for the show and then afterwards i got to stick around and clean up and pack up and everything and because of that i got to meet him uh and so not only was the music pretty interesting uh, but again, I've been a martial artist since I was six years old. I found out this guy was a third degree black belt, um, in Chinese Kempo, which is, uh, the variation of, of Kempo that I studied as well. So like he and I talked for like an hour about like martial arts and, and like how the discipline had helped us and, and, you know, all of that thing. Uh, and then, uh, you know, got to talk about like how he got into rap music and, all of that stuff. And then he actually ended up coming back to town th three other times after that. And so I was always there um, nice. every time he came into town. And this song was one of those that like, as a, as a young man, I was like, man, this is awesome. It's like, I, I'd never heard rap that didn't use the term bitch, which I hate still to this day. Um, and, and, or like degrade women, mm -hmm. even as, even like 11 and 12 year old me, I couldn't tolerate that. I couldn't stand it. Um, and it was my main reason I didn't like rap. Um, and so to hear like somebody actually rap and not have to like tear other people down, it was, it was pretty interesting. Okay. Let's give a listen to When Kempo Strikes by Red Club. Everybody was Kung Fu fighting, kicks as fast as Challenge right here, right now. Right or left, shall part, bro. I know them all. Muay Thai, Ken Poe, Dragon Tiger Claw. You'll embroid when I brawl like I'm Steve Seagal. See, all I gotta do is get loose like I'm fluid, dude. Roll it up my sleeves on my gear and get into it. You and who? Him and them line up in a single file. One on one, all for one. End up in a bigger pile. 
Rojas can for one full contact Attacking in the mental, I'm beyond the man The ambiance of martial arts is constant Nunchucks chucking when I step in the mosh pit Wing Chun dummy getting spitted apart My screamer sticks whipping and I'm chipping the park What are you a pink belt? I'll give you a head start Kumite killing with the spirit of Ed Park Way of the intercepting fist to your floating rib Leave your card open again and get a second hit Breathe in through the nose, out the mouth I admire your courage for trying to come and duke it out Papa never taught me how to knock a brother out Vatos in the body, oh, would try to take me out Enrolled in the temple till I'm all campoed out Now I clothesline the biggest, baddest cholo in the crowd Underground cockfight like a pit bull's bite Stricken in the jaw as the canine gnaws Gnashing of the teeth from the blood you've lost People stand in disbelief as it floods across You knew the pros and cons, the pain I cause Your blood is oozing lights and towels and gauze I stand in my neutral bow with feet alive You're better off jumping the fence to feed Everybody the Everybody was kung fu fighting kicks as fast as Speed like a velociraptor launching in Jurassic times Pistons pumping adrenaline in its purest form War is the last of your resort Your style is taken hostage Organized commandos of the circle of iron Bolts catapult through your spine When Kenpo strikes, huh? It's Kumite time Everybody was Kung Fu Fighting kicks as fast as Town roads, bro, him and his clean faded me in my cornrows Picking out uniforms for tournaments Storm black belt, sparring music weapons and forms Hate that the dude with the taekwondo shoes Who was hating on them Kenpo cats from my crew Didn't we spar with him early 92 At the challenge of the dragons, I dropped him in the few He's giving you the evil eye and mad dogs Let's pay for the uniforms and we're gone I whack out the front, he follows closely Reaching for his pistol, he's trying to smoke me Backflip, kick, and chip his front teeth His homeboy's blocking off the whole street Run, the guns are gonna fire rapidly They think you're Dolph Lundgren and I am Brandon Lee I'm right behind you, bro, don't abandon me Let's hide inside of the trash till set free So freaking close, I wreck my clean clothes Koreans multiplying like sheets from King Kinko's But they don't know Taipo like Hugo Fifth degree black belt Chinese Kenpo An honorary black belt melts my whole soul Let's jump out of this dump, dude, let's go Ready to pop, block dog, we stretched out Attacked by a flock and threw their backs out Some couldn't stand the pain and passed out Paralyzed in the physical life, says lights out Licensed to kill, it will if I must You'll sense infinite skill when I bust In the streets and the ring, better praise the king Find something to cling on, dragon tail Everybody Kung Fu Fighting kicks as fast as lightning in my senses Guiding me through endless writing And it might 
Germany and it's multiplying like sheets from Kinko's. What the <laughs> right? <fuck>? Yeah. <laughs> this dude just rapped about fucking kung fu fighting. That shit's dope. <laughs> Uh, I thought so, especially when I was younger. Uh, this song especially uh, hit like my repertoire um, because right around this time is when the fights started um, and they kind of gradually built up. It's also when I first started uh, transitioning from just learning at home um, from my dad and one of his friends who was also uh, a second degree black belt to actually being able to attend a, an actual dojo uh, where I was taught by several senseis, one of which is actually my brother-in-law now, who's a third-degree black belt in Karaho Kempo. Um, so I, I've studied a lot. Um, and even at this point, at 12 years old, I've been studying martial arts constantly for six years. Um, and I am a big guy, and I have been since I was young. I was six foot one. 235 pounds at 13 when i was 13 people thought i was 18 which will <laughs> also play into some stuff later um <laughs> uh and so i was fighting a lot however with the exception of my cousins kicking the shit out of me at my uncle's house i don't think i ever got into a fight where i got hit um because i just i could always overpower people i had more training more knowledge like um but, but by cousins it, you mean jake's sisters right they were the ones beating the shit up oh and his brother but yeah yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah 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 um his sisters were the ones who used like dirty tricks like deflating the the little sock em bopper things to where there were no air in them so they're bare knuckle <laughs> boxing me while i'm hitting them with inflated shit that's nah but no this uh so i was in a lot of fights at this point um some serious, some not. Um, like, I had some friends around this time who got threatened by a dude uh, with... Uh, I don't know if you guys know what a boken is. Um, it's a wooden katana. It's mm -hmm. used for training, like, Iedo and Kendo and stuff like that. Katana stuff. Mm -hmm. um, well, one of my... One of my friend's neighbors had one. And he and my brother were messing around with it. And then, of course... My brother ran his mouth off, as he always does, um, and the other kid followed suit, and when I came out of the house, um, he's got not my brother, but this other kid, Wes, on the ground just hammering him, and this dude's like 17, 18, and mm -hmm. uh, he's just hammering him with it, so I just stepped up behind him and, and took it from him and then proceeded to kick his ass with it and knock him to the ground, because um, that's just who i was as a person uh honestly still am uh i just probably wouldn't have beat his ass as hard now <laughs> but uh um that actually tied into me getting sh almost shot at later on in life um i actually because of that fight fast forward 10 years and i got a gun stuck in my face um wow. because of that fight but uh <laughs> someone holds a grudge huh it, yeah yeah um but that's that's another story um, but you know, so uh, like this was just this was like I don't know. This song made me feel like a badass when I was younger. Uh, even though you know, uh, as you get older, you start learning. Hey, I was a dumbass. I could have avoided a lot of those fights. Like realistically, if my brother hadn't run his mouth as much, and also 
with the exception of one fight, I could have avoided all of them if I had just been a smarter person. Hmm. Um, but well, you know. but what I know about you and the examples that you've given is just, you've been sticking up for people that couldn't really defend themselves. It's like you were pushing back against the bullies who were bullying other people. And I don't think that makes that. I don't think that makes you wrong. I, every, I think every fight I've ever been in, I was never the original aggressor um, except one. And I got surrounded by these like 18 year old kids walking towards, uh, cause my brother is adopted. So he's not biological. So when I first met him, he was still in public school. I was homeschooled. So I would walk up to the school to pick him up and, and we'd walk back to the house together and kick it. And if he didn't have homework, we'd go hang. If, uh, um, if he had homework, then it was like, all right, see a sucker. I'm already done. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> um, I got surrounded by three guys who were 18 um, and who were trying to accuse me of hitting their dog with a lead pipe. Um, and uh, I I got kind of scared with that one. And uh, I uh, actually drop kicked the dude in the groin and picked him up off the ground and then like rolled over him and, and literally just started running. And then this creepy old dude in this like old like 1930s probably a 1950s realistically like ford f-150 but it's got like the old bubble like he like mm -hmm. slams on his brake in the middle of one of the busiest streets in our town which it's casper so not <laughs> that busy but gets out with a shotgun and like racks the slide and is like you boys leave him alone and so they all like freak out and start backing away and then he's like you want to ride and i'm like i don't know you no leave me the <laughs> alone and so I just keep running and and running home. Um, that was like the weirdest fight I've ever been in in my life. Um, but yeah, other than that, yeah, everyone. Well, had... but I'm guessing that guy probably knew of those kids and knew that they were up to no good and just starting to start shit and just wanting to beat somebody up and probably had, you know, runs in with them before. And so just happened to be in the right place at the right time or, you know, it didn't, <laughs> Listen, didn't make it any less scary. <laughs> as it happens. You thought more into that than I did. Even <laughs> now, like it was the weirdest experience ever. Um, and if trying to explain it to my mom, when I got home as a young kid, who's like hyped up and stuff. And, you know, I'm like 12 at this point, And she's like, who pointed a gun at you? I was like, no, 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 mom, you don't understand. No, he pointed at the other guys. That's the part of the story, mom. <laughs> I, I am, I am curious, David, because I, I'm the older brother, uh, and one of my little brothers loved to run his mouth as well too. At what point in time do you just like, like, you wrote the check, bud? Go for it. Homie. Every single time, but they never stopped. Ah, like okay. for instance, one one instance where I had to step in. Um, these two dudes much bigger than him um probably three or four grades above him like they were pummeling him and giving him crap and they picked him up and had like slammed him up against my buddy's house mm -hmm. and they got in a few more good punches which i was like all right i mean he deserved it like um but then they were gonna go like stuff him in a garbage can and take his shit and I was like, all right, that's too far. That's too far. <laughs> and when I told them to drop them and that's enough, they were like, what the fuck are you going to do about it? You know? And I was like, well, if you don't, I'm going to make you. And then they made me make them. Uh, so <laughs> there's always I'm, stuff I'm, like that. I'm guessing you've never been on stream when Ryan's been there antagonizing people. Huh? No, never been on stream. when Ryan's. <laughs> but like, 
Cause, cause my thing is, <clears throat> my thing is like, dude, if you're gonna write a check that you can't cash, like, fuck it, okay, bud, here you go, like, have have your cake, eat it too, um, and usually, usually there's a point where it's like, ah, all right, all right, he's had enough, and I, I got gotcha, you. So yeah, he just legitimately, my brother has always been, even before, like now he's a cop, he's been in the military, like he can take care of his damn self now, pretty fucking well, um, but back then. Even before he got any muscle, he was always the smallest, scrawniest kid on the block. Like, it did not matter. He gave no fucks, and he was scared of no one. And it was one trait that I always, like, admired in my brother, because there was never any fear about anything. Not climbing stuff, not not running his mouth to people who he knew could kick the shit out of. Like, he did not care. Dude, I would have. There was I no fear. Just, I would have let him. I, I just at, at some certain point in time, like my little brother Justin, like I love that that <laughs> bastard to death, but like the kid just doesn't stop. Like he's had a problem with that, drugs for the longest time, and he's like, "I'm off it, I'm on it, I'm off it, I'm on it." And I'm like, "All right." And at one point in time, I was like, "Dude, you're gonna do what you're gonna do uh, from here on out, though. Like it's on you, bud. Like you're gonna live the lifestyle you want to live. You're gonna do what you're gonna do. I'm gonna tell you not to do it." But at some point in time, you have to, you know, uh, as I call it, eat concrete and figure out what the world is about. And recently, I, I'm I'm waiting for the appropriate time to just look at him and go, I told you so, buddy. <laughs> Fucking told you so, homie. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, but that that's kind of because I, I know that kid that you're talking about it just does not stop. And you're like, dude, you've been beat up like three times today. Like, do you mm-hmm. think to stop? And he's like, no, we're good. It's, All right, man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, constantly being told to shut up and then his response make me dude those two <laughs> just beat your ass what do you think these two are gonna do yeah but i can still talk oh my god <laughs> yeah oh 100 percent, dude like and then uh yeah it it was exhausting i mean that's, um, that's why i moved raised that one day i was like all right you just yeah. I, I told you not to do it all right here we go we can we can do everything in my purview i'll move you <laughs> they yeah i got into a lot of fights this time and then right at like kind of the end of this year um is also when everything kind of started falling apart um at Ooh. the end of this year which yeah we're gonna go into another depressing episode well, right the end. to wrap this one up before we get into that, yeah, one, yeah, uh, go ahead. An- another Mark staple question: Like musically, would you consider yourself open-minded? Maybe yes. now. I mean, because at the time you said that not so much. Um, it wasn't really your forte, but yeah, at the time, no. Like this was this was the only rap artist that I would listen to. Um, and then I ended up discovering more and and bringing more in, um, but. Am I open-minded now? 100%. Um, But I think it's because of the way music was introduced to me. If I'd have gone through my life without having, like, meaningful songs from other genres, like this one that seemed to speak to what I was going, like, what I was doing at the time, I probably would have just been a hard rock and metal guy for the rest of my life. (laughs) Um, You know, Jared. Uh, But... (laughs) but, uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, this definitely I think songs like this and songs being introduced at the right time of a genre. I mean, like hell, indie rock and like folk rock is my favorite genre of music now. Um, and me at this time would not have listened to it. OK, well, now if you're ready. 
And yes. a loaded question, I know. But uh, getting into a heavy hitter already here at number four. I mean, you've described this as song that I listened to during very traumatic times in life. So this is Somewhere I Belong by Linkin Park. Um, and uh, so, like I said, the end of that year, things started to fall apart. My dad got hurt at work. Um, we ended up losing the house. Um, and he ended up getting addicted to Oxycontin, um, which he was prescribed for the pain. Um, partially just because, I mean, he's got an addictive personality apparently. And also because the doctors wouldn't listen. Um, like my mom kept begging them to prescribe him something else. Um, and I, as a young man had to physically restrain my father from doing actions that would harm him. Um, including things like he tried to walk barefoot in zero degree and below weather to Walmart. Um, he would try to, he'd get mad and paranoid and insane and, um, I guess that technically comes a little later than this, but like it kind of built up because there, there were two things going on here, um, which makes me hate pharmaceuticals. Sorry, the dogs are going insane here all of a sudden. And I don't know why no one should be here. I'm in your, I'm in your base all belong to me. That's fair. Um, but, uh, so not only was there the uh addiction uh that was happening and we hang on can you pause it so yeah like i was saying um at this point in time my dad was dealing with you know the addiction of the oxycontin we actually had to go buy a video recorder camcorder because the doctor like didn't believe us because this is back in the time where you know ah this this is non-addictive it's it's not mm. bad it can't and, you know, through this process, once we finally got a good doctor and, like, got medication switched and stuff, um, my dad's had mental health issues anyways. Um, and that exacerbated that. Um, and then so he was also required to see, like, a psychiatrist. And this is right around the time that Zoloft and Paxil and stuff started first hitting the market. And if you know anything about SSRIs, you are not supposed to just quit them cold turkey. Nope. And they would just bounce him from medicine to medicine. And I mean, just literally drop one, start another. Um, and I mean, I kind of refer... <laughs> hmm. Trying to get through this without getting angry or crying. Um, this is, in a lot of ways, this is where the dad that I grew up with died. Um, my dad was never perfect but this is where a lot of things started to happen um, you know uh, paranoia setting in um, screaming fighting yelling with my mom the emotional abuse really set in um, I remember around this time uh he never actually hit me, but I remember having to cower in my room because he was so mad and so out of control. And he came in and he had his fist raised 
and then I cowered away and then that set him off again. Um, and that was life. And I didn't have an escape because, uh, I was homeschooled. Um, and that was every day. Um, and then it would be that, or it would be, um, paranoia. He would see like, he would see things coming out of the walls. He would see, uh, telephone workers on a, a light pole a block away and think that they were bugging the house and he'd try to constantly leave and I used to have to literally physically restrain him now this is a man who is bigger than me who is I mean he's a martial artist he was a bounty hunter he was not a small man and I would have to physically restrain him and put him in a chair and take keys from him to keep him from leaving um a couple times he got out of the house and i'd have to go wander and find him um and get him back in the house before he did something that hurt himself or someone else um and you know it would vacillate from this like <laughs> uh terrifying to finding him sitting on his bed holding a pistol about to put it in his mouth um and how old are you at this time? I am 13 at this point. Um, and, you know, you never knew what was going to happen each day. And um, my dad's always been obsessive compulsive, um, but he had learned to manage. He had done a lot of therapy when he was younger and that came back in full swing. And like, I still to this day, I clean a glass if you watch me clean something, I rotate it three times clockwise under the water because you had to do that. Or otherwise he would freak out and like throw dishes. Some days it was, I can't drink out of that. Bring me another one. Some days it was, he'd throw it across the room. Um, and you just, you didn't know how he'd react. Um, and like, I never liked doing projects with my dad. Cause my dad would always get angry and, like if he hit his hand with the the hammer, he was always the guy to like scream and cuss and yell. But like he was never the guy to like, I don't know. He never cussed at us until this happened. And then it, everything kind of changed. Um, I don't know. All of this had been there before, but you didn't really see it as a kid. You know what I mean? Like, and it just amplified it. Um, and then because of him being out of work, we lost the house. So not only did uh, <laughs> all of this was going on, um, we'll kind of, I guess we can get to the rest of that after this song. Um, but because it's not the worst part of this year uh, yet still. And uh, we lost the house. We're living with my grandma. And that's when this song really like hit home. Um, is I remember sitting in what was my bedroom, which was a converted pantry in the back of my grandparents' already very small house, um, sitting on the floor playing video games on my PlayStation, and uh, this song came on, and it just, it kind of became my go-to for the next year or so, because... Um, yeah, well, we'll talk about that in a second. All right. 
can't justify the way everyone is looking at me. Nothing to gain, hollow and alone, and the fault is my own, and the fault is my own. I wanna heal, I wanna feel what I thought was never real. I wanna let go of the pain I felt so long. Erase all the pain till it's gone. I wanna heal, I wanna feel like I'm close to something real. I wanna find something I wanted all along. Somewhere I belong. I will never know myself until I do this on my own. And I will never feel anything else until my wounds are healed. I will never pay anything till I break away from me. I will break away. I'll find myself today. I wanna heal. I wanna feel what I thought was never real. I wanna let go of the pain I felt so long. Erase all the pain till it's gone. was one of the dopest albums I've ever heard in my life. For some people. Yeah. <laughs> that album is one that I have to listen to trepidatiously. Well, I was uh, kind of wondering, like, were you dreading this one coming up? It's the next one that really is... Man. Uh, the next... Like, this one and the next two are kind of hard. Uh, uh, sorry for my slow speech. I'm trying to... Don't, no worries at all. Um, so, after all of the stuff, uh, and again, there's all the things with my dad, and that continued for about a year um, before he started being able to kind of, like, get back to working, Um he still wasn't, he didn't return to over the road truck driving just yet. Um, so he was still working a job where he was in town. Um, it was really weird as a kid to see like, you know, cause he's this ordained minister and messianic rabbi and all teach all these things. And like, I fuck by 13, I had the most of the Bible memorized literally. Um, it was so strange to see like, the cognitive dissonance there like he could say one thing and teach something to somebody else and and mean it and really mean it but not be able to live it at mm -hmm. home um and i think that that's part of what made me susceptible to some of the things that then came into my life after that um i began to rebel um i was 13 but everyone thought i was 18 um i started drinking um, I started partying with some friends 
got started doing some things that were illegal and could have gotten me in some serious trouble. Um, aside from just the drinking, uh, this is where I got stabbed, um, was this year. Uh, I forgot about that, uh, at a party. Um, but also, um, man, I could go a lot of places here. This year was packed full of stuff because right before we lost the house, um, this was the year where I almost joined a cult. Um, uh, almost killed my brother, literally. Um, Intentionally I, or? Yeah. Um, like we got into a knife fight. Um, yeah. Got sexually assaulted by the first girlfriend I had. Um which I know most people think like, oh, 13 year old boy. And he wakes up to chick giving him a blowjob. Like, eh, it's every guy's dream, but it wasn't for me. Um, I, yeah. Uh, and like probably the shortest relation. Yeah. The shortest relationship I've ever had when we're dating for all of like a week. Um, <laughs> And uh, ended up partying, told my mom I was going to stay at my brother's house. His parents were out of town and uh, went and stayed over at her house. And uh, everybody partied and then woke up at like midnight to that. And um, yeah, definitely wasn't ready for that and uh, freaked out on her. And then she freaked out on me um, like I had done something wrong and uh threw me out of her house so ended up crashing in my own backyard in a little <laughs> my buddies and i had made this like pallet fort as you do when you're young <laughs> boys and my parents never tore it down hmm. um and uh so i just like crashed on the ground in there for the rest of the night and then uh came back in the morning and was like, Hey, <laughs> squat in the backyard. Um, Hope you don't mind. Yeah. Um, yeah, there was a lot this year. Well, so and... this, sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I mean, I didn't, I didn't want to derail the train of thought. So, I mean, if you had more to say, by all means, man, get it out. There are too many trains right now. Um, trying to remember what all else happened that year um it was probably one of the most packed years for just horrendous shit um and you know then at the further on in this year is when we lost you know after all of this happened because all of this that i've been talking about kind of happened that summer and then we lost the house um and then so I had to move across town um, to, you know, back in the day, like this is pre-cell phone, like, you know, yeah, people had landlines, but you couldn't really use them for extended periods of time because, you know, parents would get mad at you and the bill would go up and like living across town was the same as, yeah, I'll see you once a year. Um, hmm. And, uh, you know, none of us were old enough to drive. Um 
and then uh, we moved into a hellhole. Um, a whole bunch of people who just constantly thought that, you know, wanted to act like they were gangbangers in the middle of Wyoming, which is the dumbest fucking thing I've ever seen. Um, literally, the first night we were there, we had one of the, like... <laughs> I, the the best way I can describe it is literally like they wanted to be West Side Story, but ghetto. Um, <laughs> this gang fight in the middle of the road, fucking eight dudes and a pregnant chick on one side and eight dudes on the other side, all trying to scream and yell at each other and, and whatever, because one of the guys knocked up his daughter and my dad literally like we called the cops and they didn't show up. So my dad ended up going out front with a shotgun and <laughs> racking it and like telling them all to break it up. It's also, you know, like stuff like that happened all the time. I had a dude open my window uh, while that same year, like from the outside, thinking it was his trailer, trying to drunkenly sneak into his trailer and like crawl into my window. So that was weird. Um, that is a little weird. I've had that happen. Yeah. I, I was yeah. I, I was on a date, and this dude just opens the door, and I'm like, okay. And I, he's like, sup, man? I was like, hey, dude, how you doing? He's like, where's the party at? I was like, you're at the wrong trailer. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he turned around and walked out. <laughs> it was yeah. awesome. Not awesome for me, because I got woken <laughs> up by somebody literally falling onto my floor from my window. Oh, and again, oh, he actually I'm did, 13. He got yeah, inside? he got in. Oh, shit. Yeah, he okay. opened the window and climbed in and fell. <laughs> and then, like, I jump up. And I like yell at him and that wakes, of course, my mom and dad up and my dad, of course, again, he's not the same person that he was, which is another where this shit kind of ties in because he's hopped out of the fucking window by the time my dad gets up and out of bed. And so I get fucking yelled at for making Wait, shit up. Oh, Jesus. So, <sighs> yeah, and that that kind of shit happened a lot. Um, same, same response when I had a gun pointed at me. So it of course made it to where I didn't tell my dad anything. Um, and you know, like <laughs> my friends were scared to stay over a lot of the times if dad was going to be home. Fortunately, I guess during this period of time, like moving forward, they, he wasn't home very often. <laughs> so, um, it was just, Yeah. Um, so you made mention of like the, the first time hearing this or the first time that you remember hearing it was when you were at your at your grandparents house and you were playing a game. Was this in a video game or what did you have the CD? How do, how do you remember hearing the song? Um, I had Meteora, um, I think is. Yeah. Meteora is the one that this comes off of. Um, and I was listening to the CD and it just. Like, I remember it clicking, and then I just, I, man, um, every time I felt like, because again, like, you know, moving away and, and all the other stuff that happened, it all just sort of compiled, and I broke down, and just, I remember just crying, trying to play the video game, and I couldn't, and I just, I didn't feel like, because on top of this, it, it probably seems not, not significant to a lot of other people, as the same year, too, we lost, um, uh, or, well, no, I guess that would have been the following year, but in the span of this all kind of going down and losing the house and everything, 
the dojo that I had joined and started practicing on um, had also lost their lease on the space. So literally everything that I had in my life was just uprooted and gone. Um, now, fortunately, we ended up finding a space not too much longer, and, and I ended up getting that back. But I remember at the time that I first like really connected with this song, you know, I had no place to go train because like we used to have a key. Those of us that were higher rank, like we could get dropped off on like Saturday or whatever, or like my brother-in-law, like that was what I did was I trained martial arts. Like that was who I was. That was what I did. Um, I was uprooted from my friends, you know, everything. My dad wasn't, none of the memories that I had as a young man matched what I was living with now. Right. Um, everything was just kind of gone. So was it a conscious decision to try to find uh, like a coping mechanism through song or was it just happenstance? Like you just happened to be trying to play this game and the song came on and it was like this epiphany kind of thing. Yeah, I was just trying to drown the world out uh, and play video games and listen to music. And in the process of that, like I can remember when it hit and I can remember sitting up and, and just listening to the song and, and dropping the controller. I can even remember what game I was playing. Um, I was playing Wild Arms 3, and I just couldn't stop crying. Um, and ever since then, every time I had some major transition, like this was on the playlist for the road trip, you know, after all the crap went down and I moved to Missouri and stuff. And, mm -hmm. you know, any real point of transition or tragedy this always ends up being one of those songs i go to well so is that what you find like you only tend to listen to this song when you're going through a traumatic experience and part and parcel to that is it like do you seek this out to help you or does it make you kind of wallow a little bit like is it helpful to hear it like basically what i'm trying to get at is how did you make you feel listening to this now it brings everything back, but it also brings perspective. Um, I I do seek this out when I'm feeling down. Um, this is one of those songs that if I'm not feeling well, I listen to. And I think part of that is because it brings up all those old memories. And sometimes it's healthy to, you know, let those things out and cry and, and get that perspective and remember, you know, kind of mm -hmm. what you are. Because, again, this this song comes up and is attached to a lot of different times in my life. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. It's one of those things. It's, it's kind of like, it's an entertaining way to take a quick look at the timeline, I guess. So when I start getting kind of depressed and, and feeling like shit, this goes on the playlist because it forces me to think about things. Hmm. Well, so it's never one of those things where you're just like at a party or a get together and someone randomly happens to have this on a playlist and it comes on and you're like, oh, I like this song. It's a banger. This immediately puts you back into like time and place kind of stuff every time you hear it. Yeah, I get yeah. that. <sighs> OK, well, we're in a, a rough stretch here. I was initially thinking when I was doing the the write up for the, the notes that 
we were going to maybe get a little bit more lighthearted here when we talk about the song that reminds you of your first crush, but it sounds like maybe not so much. What is this one? So, okay. This is uh, Open Wounds by Skillet. This is the next year because teenage David had a lot of problems. Um so I'd had a crush on this girl since I started going to church with her. Um, now, technically, all of this stuff. I don't need. God damn it! I need to read my notes. I'm getting all. Sorry. No, don't don't um, apologize, dude. So, this song. Um, you want to read your notes for a second i was trying to i know that we have to find a song for you you know and like every time i hear a song from david i'm like oh i got a new idea i got a new idea (laughs) and i was flipping through my songs that i have and i accidentally clicked a button and i was like oh god we're gonna play a song that's not on here (laughs) like it was coming we don't coming and yeah so we can we can wait i'll be all right (sighs) ah um I, I know you're as uncomfortable as I am, Jared. No, no. Uh, I, was, I was legitimately <laughs> looking for the song because every time you, you mention something, like, oh, I got one for David. And I clicked the stupid fucking song. And thank God it was trying to play on my iPhone. So. <laughs> so the first girl I had a crush on was, man, it's so weird. So I had a crush on her when I started going to church. I actually technically had two other girlfriends before this and we never really dated um okay but this was the song from this album which is why i bought this album Mm. that she showed me and at first it was just like okay that's nice and then savior really clicked with me and that was why i was like yeah skillet's awesome this song became a little more than that later on though um so as after, you know, the other girlfriend and one that we won't even talk about, it's not worth mentioning, um, who, you know, the whole essay thing, uh, we reconnected and we were talking and I was... a. I, I still am, I guess, really. I'm a dumb romantic, which is why my wife loves me. Um, and I would do anything for this girl because I am was an idiot. And sh- we started to get close and we started to hang out a lot. And we didn't really have a label on anything. Um, and then one night we were talking and she said that she loved me. And I have always been a person who takes relationships very seriously. It's part of the reason why when, you know, the previous girlfriend had tried that and broke that boundary with me, like I, 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 yeah, I, I always wanted to, I was very religious growing up. I I wanted to be in a relationship for the right reasons. If I was going to take that step with someone, if I was going to, pursue a relationship it was because i was considering spending the rest of my life with someone like i didn't date flippantly um even as a young man i i didn't want to um 
if you were just in it to goof around and have fun, cool. Let me give you my brother's number. Um, and I actually did that a couple times. Um, and so she told me she loved me. And the next day, the next day, I walked into my buddy Danny's house and she is on the couch with my brother making out with my brother. And of course, I'm 14. <clears throat> I am emotional. I am stupid. I am feeling worthless and rejected. Um, I had a lot of self-worth issues. Let's be honest, still have because, and it's, <laughs> my sister, my oldest sister still thinks I don't like her because my dad, after everything would constantly compare us and constantly tell me about how I wasn't good enough. And when he was having one of those episodes and then this happened and I broke and uh, I hated my dad. I hated my life. I hated my brother. I wanted to hurt everyone. And so instead, I decided on myself. And uh, I still have the scar. Uh, I don't know if you can see it on the camera right here on the wrist hmm. where I had uh, st <laughs> stuck a knife in my wrist and was planning to slip my wrist. And as I, <laughs> as I stabbed myself, um, a friend who didn't really know me from Adam, we'd met online, kind of like the three of us and out of nowhere, she messaged me and, and, you know, I know I've told the story to other people and they're like, Oh yeah, you, you know, and it wasn't like that. Like she wasn't, it wasn't a romantic interest. She was someone who was like a sister to me and she just randomly messaged me. And I still remember seeing the little AOL instant messenger. Yes. That's how old I am. <laughs> um hey how are you doing that's all it said and i was listening to the song and i was contemplating and i sat there till the song end and then i pulled the knife out and i held pressure on it and i sat there and talked to her until 8 a.m the next morning and i told her i was honest i told her everything and she talked me through it and uh and you were yeah. 14 i was 14 and she was how old do you know uh 17 um but yeah because you know with everything else kind of compiled into this and i i meant to talk about all this afterwards but i just started just kind of going sorry no um, do, i don't really do, have anything to say have... after this song but <laughs> Do not apologize. This is like the conversation that we were having in text uh, before any of this. Like you were worrying about saying too much or being too raw and open or like alienating people. And I said, no, I want this to be an authentic experience. I want you, of course, to be comfortable because this is your life. These are your stories. So I only want to be as open and as honest and as forthcoming as you want to be and as you are comfortable with. But anything that you want to say, don't hold back, man. Yeah. 
and that's i i hate it so much because i like obviously hindsight's 2020 and i know what everyone says you know ah you're 14 you're a teenager like i teach suicide prevention classes now you know what i mean like i know all the stupid myths and things that people say and like I've been the person who has told people and then they, ah, it's just a phase. You grew out of it. No, I would, I got help thankfully, but not for a long time. Like I, I contemplated uh, again a couple times over the next couple of years. Uh, I never took action again. This was the only, and I, I don't really count this as an attempt because I was, but only because I was stopped, I was determined that I wasn't going to do anything with my life. So why try? And, you know, uh, again, it, it came out of everything going on with my father and stuff. So like this song really just kind of shows that. And if you listen to the lyrics and kind of think about it from that framework you kind of can see where i as a teenager was was thinking and what i was thinking listening to this all right let's give it a listen in the dark with the music on wishing i was somewhere else taking all your anger out on me i would rather
What feelings are there now revisiting this song? <laughs> Anger, sadness. I I remember it's the whole reason I got into martial arts and everything else. I mean, I was the typical American boy, I mean, there's country songs about it. I wanted to be my dad. And now, having two sons, I can't imagine making them feel this way. I remember sitting there listening to this song every time it would play. And when when the lyrics play, how could you hate me? All I ever wanted to be was you. And I felt that. Because it felt like my own father hated me. And I still struggle to listen to the song because <sighs> I can't imagine my son's feeling that. But you're not your father, dude, and that's oh, uh, I know. that's something that I've struggled with as well <laughs> because I had, uh, I mean, not uh, not a similar circumstance certainly to what you went through, but I mean, certainly I felt like I was a disappointment to to my dad, and you know, I felt like uh, you know because of my dad's vitriol for my mom uh, that a lot of that wore off on me. You know that I was a I was a mistake. I was an accident. I was a result of a teen pregnancy that neither of them wanted. And I think that they both had a lot of resentment for how their lives might have turned out differently if it was not for me. And so, you know, my brother that came, you know, 13 years later as a product of, you know, my dad and my stepmom, that was the one that they that they wanted. You know, that was their miracle child. And and that was their like golden boy and like everything about my dad's uh, existence you know, from his license plate to his, uh, to his gamer tags, to his screen names, you name it was all about being my brother's father. And that made me feel, you know, about as small as, as someone can feel. And, uh, so it breaks my heart to hear you, you know, say that about your kids. Cause I know you, I mean, not as well, uh, as I'd like, but I know you as a person, I know you as a father, and I know that that they won't feel that way about you. So you don't have to worry about that, man. At all. Trust me, I try my hardest not to. And I went through so much of my life resenting my father because I felt like so much of what he taught me was what not to be. Those are and some good lessons, though, too, right? It's so complicated because how does every 
smart, good thing you know come from the most horrible thing. Like, and we'll talk. <laughs> I wish this was over, but it's not because we're going to talk about some things that stem from this again with later on, but because I didn't deal with it for a long time. I'm, it's something I'm still currently dealing with because it gets worse. Uh, I, I wish that it didn't, but this is where it takes to understand me. I guess, and and we'll see kind of more as we go through, but like I, I never felt like I had people to talk to, so I retreated to the internet and message boards and things like that, and other people. It's it's how I almost got sucked into a cult, which we don't have enough time to talk about, but <laughs> really, it, but. Really, it's it's I, I started messing around with occult stuff because my dad was you know, like I said, I, I came to hate him and I felt like he hated me. So I went the furthest away. He was a ordained minister. So I went the furthest away I could. I got into black magic and occult stuff. And like Dude, that's, we, we need to have uh, a conversation you know, like uh, off off mic at some stage because uh, that's another very similar parallel. You know, I, I you know mentioned about you know my my Christian upbringing and and how it would become like this oppressive kind of thing. And so when I struck out kind of on my own, you know, going to the military and uh, meeting uh, my buddy Tommy, he was you know heavily into that kind of stuff. He was a a Halloween baby and um, you know like a lot of like the spooky or occult nature kind of stuff. Um, like really kind of fascinated him. And so by proxy, I got involved in that kind of too, kind of stuff too, like reading the satanic Bible and just like mm. um, getting kind of heavily involved in like how far away can I push back from Christianity because of my upbringing and um, yeah. just like the, the hypocrisy <laughs> that you run into. I mean, some of the, I don't know. I, I still have a lot of respect for the the Christian values and teaching, but the biggest hypocrites that I have ever met in my life were members of my own family and members of the church that would, you know, talk, say one thing, but then, you know, stab somebody in the back or talk about them behind their back and just spew this vitriol and then go read the daily bread like they were this, these devout fucking people. And that's why uh, if anyone tells me that they're uh, like spiritual or that they have a relationship with the higher power, I don't begrudge them that. But organized religion, going to a church setting, that to me is the dumbest fucking thing. I, I cannot get behind that at all, especially, you know, being a, a feminist. You know, Christianity basically tells people women that they're not worth shit that you know ah, that, that they don't that they that they have no right to tell anything to speak over or teach over a man right first of all that's 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 religion and a sect the bible doesn't say that the bible says a lot of shit that a lot of christians don't take to heart or they have their own personal interpretation of it 
and that or that rad. they only take to heart and and disavow mm-hmm. everything else, like uh, Leviticus especially. Let's follow this one oh. very specific. <laughs> oh, he's he's law. got it. He's got it. He's got it prepped and ready. I have every <laughs> listen. I understand because I like I, and we'll talk about it later. Because I, I am I'm a, I'm a Messianic Jew. I am. That's that's where my family comes from. My dad's a Messianic rabbi. Like I am. Um, but people. Yes, I agree. Like people do a lot of shitty stuff and I've had shitty stuff happen to me. I actually forgot to mention in the somewhere I belong portion, because that same year I also got kicked out of two churches. Um, (laughs) So um, three, three. I forgot about my brother's church. I got asked not to come back to a church of Christ because I argued with them about the rapture and revelations and the book of revelations (laughs) because they didn't believe that. I got kicked out of a Baptist church because uh the preacher at the Iwanas thing that I would go to and I was 13. So I was in like the teenager Bible study ish program then. And he tried to be like, well, instruments and music is evil because Lucifer played the harp for God. And I was like, that's not biblical. And, and then I proved that I was right. And I got kicked out. The elders pulled me to the corner afterwards and were like, you need to not come back. (laughs) And then, and then we got kicked out of a mission church because my dad was teaching like strict like biblical teachings like to the letter and not like the agenda of the other people who had opened the mission church and they were like get the fuck out so i actually which a lot of stuff is all like agenda based it's all about how can we uh profitize this uh and uh, monetize our our theocracy I don't disagree. I I have been to some good churches. I have, but I have been to the exactly the type you're talking about. And in my experience too, the bigger the church, the more that there is. Oh yeah, like holy shit, people. Well, I mean, look at even like Joel Osteen. Oh, like fuck him. Fuck him. Well, like all of those guys though, Billy Graham. I don't uh, disagree. Jimmy Swaggart, all those uh, I, televangelists. I actually have a friend who worked for Kenneth Copeland. And oh man, the stories he can tell. Like, holy shit. He ran the IT and the audiovisual setup for Kenneth Copeland. Uh oh. <laughs> yeah, I bet he's got some stories. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Jared, I cut you off a couple of times. You were trying to <laughs> sneak in and there's like, no, I'm yeah, getting no, my point, no, man. <laughs> no, I got you. I actually Sorry, I couldn't host sleepovers at my house for the longest time because every Sunday we would go to this church. It was in Texas. It was a Texas church. They did like the whole band, right? Like a whole setup. It was kind of cool. And then the kids would go off to a whole setup. And the first time we had a sleepover, it was me and like four of my buddies. And my mom was like, we got to go to church in the morning. Remember, everyone's got to wake up. We've got to go to church. And we thought she was doing the typical mom thing. Where she's like, you know, don't stay up too late because I'm going to force you with this. No, we went to church. <laughs> we went to church. And my friends and I were so fucking tired. It was so bad. <laughs> And they're like, we're, you're never, we're, we can't sleep over at your house again, Jared. And I, I was basically forced to go sleep over at everybody else's houses. But it's interesting that like all these little sects of like, you were talking about the musical instruments are bad and this, that, and the third, like you, you go from one church and then you like, you go across the street to another church and it's literally the same thing, same preaching, same everything, but one's got a full blown bland. They got the full blown everything. And then it's like straight. The other one is just straight. You're in pews, kneeling silence for like mm-hmm. two or three minutes and 
I don't know. Sometimes after the communion, when all the adults would get their wine and their 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 bread and stuff, it was kind of nice to just sit there in silence for about thirty seconds or so. <laughs> it was nice every so often. But that is, yeah, that is how sleepovers never happened at Jared's house again. By fill <laughs> time and air with words and language and sounds. I'm sorry, <laughs> my my oldest came down. I, you, your oldest is Thorn, right? Yep. Yeah. Because uh, I was I was looking I was looking up something while you were talking about things, and I, I was just like I was reading it. And it's just like God, like David, you you were the I don't know how to words escape me from time, but like it, it feels like everything you do in life ties around and like it it's it it comes full circle. It's like foreshadowing. Right. Like I would I would I would do that at times, like when I play games with a girlfriend or something like that. And I've beaten Borderlands two, three billion times. And she's like, I wonder what's going to happen next. And I just whisper under my breath foreshadowing because it's going to come back around. Right. (laughs) Fucking thunder. Brave, daring one. And, you know, like you guys were talking about dads. I'm like, how shitty dads are. Trust me. I'm right there with you. My dad decided to choose his new wife over me. Right. When I was 18, young, dumb and, and stupid. And to this day, we'll still choose her over me in the most subtle forms possible. And it's just hilarious that you, or not hilarious, but it would just be the foreshadowing to come around that you would start a family of your own. Name your child the brave one. And it's like, welcome to dad shit show. I'm going to try to make you perfect. You know, I'm going to try to make you a great human being. So uh, it, it's just it's interesting how you put spins on things and you may or may not do it subliminally or subconsciously. But uh, golf clap, David. Golf clap, big guy. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's it's interesting that you looked up the the origin of that because yeah, we definitely did. Because obviously, we we chose the name Thorin originally as a possibility because my wife and I are both Lord of the Rings nerds, like big time. But you know, in looking up the origin of the meaning of you know the the names that were combined, which is Thor and Ryan, um. Yeah, it's 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 interesting. Um, He's and yeah, an interesting I kid. <laughs> he is, and and I'm I look forward to being around to see the man he becomes. Well, um, hopefully, he doesn't talk nearly as much as he did last Saturday. So you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, that's my son. You're welcome, uh, <laughs> dude. He uh, so I, I do the D and D with uh, Eric. I know we were talking about this earlier, but so David puts me on a monitor, right? And then, like, I'm just, like, right there. And apparently Thorin realized that if he stands right into the camera and just says, Jared, 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 gets my attention. And I'm like, do I just keep talking about what I'm doing in character? Or do I respond to Thorin? You know, so. Yes. Uh, every weekend, like, oh, God, when we take a break from D&D, my son is insufferable. Because every day it's, are the D&D kids coming over? Are the D&D kids coming over? Just put it's me like, on monitor, dude. Right. <laughs> I can uh, mute you while I play a different video game. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So. But you, oh. this next song, I have to commend you on this because not many people I know have a heard. I mean, it's it's ironic that you would choose six and twelve are like twelve is my number one song by these guys, and the fact that you know them is kind of interesting. And so, so yeah, <laughs> let's get into that then, shall we? Okay. <laughs> yeah. So the next song is "Not Ready to Die" by Demon Hunter, uh, which came into rotation uh, very heavily uh, this same year. 
which I know ironic considering what we just talked about and where that song culminated. Uh, my brother found this band um, or no, no, that's not even true. I'm sorry. Lies. I found I one of my friends on a message board recommended them. My brother got into them before I did. Um, and then I started listening to them and we dude, I think for probably five years, Demon Hunter was one of the top bands on rotation for my brother and I both. And this song particularly um, holds a lot of meaning and, and story. And we'll kind of get into that afterwards. But this song still to this day is my brother's favorite by this band. Um, it is not the song that I started with these uh, people with, um, but it came to mean a lot because of uh, sort of what was happening at the time. Um, we get a we get a slight break from the the sad feels um, until after the song because uh, everything leading into me discovering this band was actually really cool. Um, like I said, this was my brother's favorite song. I had started to try to realize, like, find something to live for. Um, uh, I had started to talk to not my wife, but my wife's brother, um, who actually ended up introducing me to my wife. Um, and so I had someone that I could talk to intellectually and spiritually on the same level. Um, and, and that helped a lot. And so the young lady who talked to me that night, um, and, uh, my brother-in-law, Paul, uh, were very instrumental in, in helping me start to, um, sort of find my way. And, uh, then again came along this band and it was something that was just it was hardcore it was it was also still technically christian so my parents were fine with it um like it's it's christian heavy metal i could jam out to it in the house i could blare it 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 helped sort of you know i don't know something about metal still when you're angry or like I don't know any metal, especially Demon Hunter for me, though. Like if I'm pissed off, I just go to a Demon Hunter playlist and I just go. Um, it just it it helps sort of tame that feeling in me. It, it gives it a release without me having to, you know, hit something or throw something across the room or act like a jackass, <laughs> you know, so. <laughs> All right. Not ready to die. Demon Hunter. Yeah. 
Right. Well, so I think you already kind of answered it in the lead in. The question was, uh, was this specific to like the high school and college experience, like very much a time and the place kind of thing, or does this still get spins? And you kind of mentioned that you still like when you need to kind of jam out, we'll still turn to this band. Yeah. Uh, Demon Hunter was just one of those things that my brother and I connected on. It was probably, no, it was the first music besides like classic rock that we connected on. Cause like my brother would listen to like Backstreet Boys and NSYNC and he would put it on. <laughs> and like, dude, this is trash. Um, so this was really the first music that we, we bonded over and this was like our thing. Um, so, and, and, again for this to be his favorite song he had no clue i don't know that he knows now that i ever attempted suicide um but for him to show me this right as i'm sort of trying to put myself back together and obviously this song you know is talking about you know it's it's your time to go but you're not ready you're not done you still have one more thing to do and it i don't know it kind of gave me a weird hope um and it's it's such an interesting song and i wish that it could stay that happy thing but it's also associated with a lot of sad points for me because it it starts to come up again in about 2 years um my brother like i said is adopted and his biological mom uh was very sick and uh she had uh crohn's disease and a bunch of other immuno um compromised issues um like whenever he'd get a cold or anything he had to stay with us mm. um my mom took care of him and and looked after him when he was sick because if he brought it home it could potentially hospitalize or kill her yeah. um and to have to deal with that as a young man it 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 really affected him and then in i want to say I want to say it was September 25th of 2008. Um, she passed away. Uh, and shortly after that, he shipped off to the Air Force. So, and I was fairly close with it. Like, obviously nothing like being her son, but like I stayed at their home. She cut my hair like right up until she couldn't physically do it. Like she was the barber that I would go to cause she was a hairdresser. That was her trade. Um, you know, this was my best friend's mom. Like she was as much a part of my life, you know, a as anyone else, any aunt or uncle that I had at that point. And then of course, you know, my, my best friend and my, my brother, you know, watching him go through that, uh, was incredibly jarring and, and sad and I, I didn't know how to help him. And then uh, there's a line um, in this song. Uh, I saw my future today. It said I'm going away, uh, but I still haven't sung the last line on my way down. Um, and it's so close to how my brother told us that he was leaving the military um like almost verbatim because i still remember he told mom that he wanted to make something of his future and he saw that this was the only path for him and he's he's on his way out 
and that was it. And you know, his they they signed the papers, and he went to basic training, um, and you know, got his high school because he had dropped out at that point. Got his high school equivalency and went into the Air Force, um, which ended up being really good for him. Um, I was very sad because uh, I felt like I'd lost my brother because um, he was just gone. And, I mean, they sent him to basic training and then to Minot, North Dakota. And before he could even get a phone set up, they then sent him to Italy. Nice. Um, yeah. Um, and then he spent time in Italy and then eventually got a phone and could eventually start making contact uh, back in the States. And then... They sent him back to Minot. So, but I mean, that's years. Like, I think he was in Italy for two years before he had a phone number that I could call him at. Well, they tried um, to send me to Italy to be PRP certified. Go to Minot. Minot is a nuke base. Once you are yep. in the hell hole that is nuclear warfare, you do not escape. You do not do deploy. You do not pass go. You do not collect $200. <laughs> yeah. Well, they deployed him to Aviano. Um, but, uh, yep, he was security forces. And uh, he hated Italy, but also loved it. Um, he loved whenever he got to be on R&R and, like, leave base and go do stuff in Europe, you know? Mm -hmm. Shocking. Young man in mm. Europe. Uh, but <laughs> but he, he hated the work that – because, like – we helped them with police stuff. So like we would send security forces to go respond to calls, but you're not allowed to be armed because, you know, it's a foreign country. Hmm. Um, so he would like, I still never forget. And I don't know, maybe he wasn't supposed to tell me this story. Maybe I'm getting him in trouble now, but he had to respond to a call and it's this crazed lady on a balcony, literally lighting this dude's stuff on fire. So like <laughs> seen straight out of a movie, Lighting his, lighting his stuff on fire, throwing it at him. And he's the first one to respond. No weapon, no nothing, no, not even a nightstick, not pepper spray, like nothing. And he's sitting there, barely speaks the language, and he's trying to talk to these guys and be like, okay, calm down now. <laughs> um, and he's like, dude, that might have been the scariest call of my life. Because what was he going to do? He He couldn't understand the language well enough still at that point to like when when she's elevated up here you know to to understand what she's saying he can barely understand the guy so he's getting one point of view <laughs> that gives new meaning to fiery italian huh yeah <laughs> God. uh but yeah so i don't know it's <laughs> it's crazy life is crazy and uh yeah I, i'm very glad we found this band um even though there are two songs that they have that have a lot of sadness attached to them for me. Um, every other song that they do is so good. <laughs> All right, so what's uh, this next one? Introduce us to number seven, which is the song that reminds you of your current romantic partner. So this is Broken by Seether featuring Amy Lee. Um, this song, obviously our song we've already covered before. And with my list, I didn't include any song that we have covered before. Okay. Um, because I, I wanted to leave them 
where they are and i wanted to tell new stories um so yellow card uh only one is is definitely like that's us that's our song that's you know i think that she thinks that like um which i did confirm after our episode because you asked me <laughs> on the yellow card <laughs> All right. Well, so uh, is Lisa aware of this song as well, yes. and how much? Okay, so and she knows that you associate this song with her. Yes, because okay. she associated it with me. Okay. So, little story. Um, I was still not mentally well when I met my wife, um, and we started talking long distance. And I was still in that phase of I didn't deserve anything. I fucked everything up. I hurt everyone. And I really liked her. But I didn't like, how was it going to work? We were across the country. Also, she doesn't actually like me. She just doesn't know how fucked up I am yet. Um, And like, I used to try to when we first started talking, I tried to get her to stop talking to me. Um, Like, I wasn't a dick, but like. I would just do weird shit. Like I remember one time, I don't know why this would, why I thought this would work at the time, but like, I remember like playing with a knife, like on, like we were doing like a video chat back when they barely worked. And like, Mm -hmm. I remember like licking the blade and stuff and like cutting my tongue and just trying to like act like a psychopath. So she'd be like, ah, this internet psycho. And it didn't work. Um, She saw right through it. And, you know, she had, a lot of trauma and and things that had happened to her. And, and then this song came out uh, and, you know, she, she sent it to me and it, I don't know. It it just kind of says everything in the song, but we were both damaged people. We both had a lot of crap going on. And um, despite all of my garbage and bullshit, she saw through it and saw me. That's pretty beautiful. So. All right. Well, let's give it a listen then. This is broken.
That's a beautiful pick, T. It's been a while since I'd heard that one. So uh, what uh, lyrics specifically like resonate with you that uh, that ties so closely with Lisa on this one? So the reason this song was picked and the reason that this song sort of kind of became the, the default number two song is um, obviously, you know, it started as a long distance relationship, but if you, you know, after the incident with the yellow card song and that argument and um, there was a health complication or a th they thought there was, they thought my mother-in-law had breast cancer. Um, so Lisa had come to Wyoming and lived with me for a year. And then we had that argument and then thank God I came to my senses and wasn't a dumbass and we you know fixed that kind of and and started to move forward but then she left and so we were back to this long distance thing and it was sort of uncertain and there was still some hard feelings and you know she's trying to deal with her mom and I'm this sort of you know, emotional wreck. And, and so like, uh, the distance was incredibly hard and trying to, you know, nothing, nothing felt right. You know, the, the song, the lyrics just said it all, everything that we were thinking, everything we were feeling. Um, and it actually kind of leads into, um, the next song, uh, as far as time-wise goes, because it, it was really rough there for a while. And, and I kept wondering when I was getting the phone call that was, okay, we're done. Um, and, you know, I started to have this um, depressive bout because, again, my shit that was instilled because of my father and this sort of constantly comparing myself to everyone and this feeling of inadequacy and the way things were um and then on top of it on the way to the airport i rolled my car with jake and my wife in it while going 65 miles an hour Jeez. and i had a lot of guilt over that because i almost killed the two people in the world i cared the most about and uh, <laughs> I got quite the lecture from it because it was two months after my martial arts instructor's son died. He was struck by lightning. Um, and since Jack and I became very close, we were like family. And so, like, God, I don't think I stopped getting lectured about this for months and months and months. And I, I, the I blame myself. Um, and uh, long story short, uh, my wife is arachnophobic. Uh, there was a spider. She screamed. I reached down to try to kill it because Jake was looking for something to kill it. I didn't have a fucking napkin or anything. There was nothing around. And I listen, I'll kill a spider. I don't care. But I have never been one of the people who can just like crush something in my bare hand like a <laughs> bug or anything. I don't know why it weirds me out. I can't do it. I'm right there with you. I can't do that shit either. No. And I, in the process of getting something from Jake, killing the spider, 
uh, I veered too far left. And when I looked back up, uh, I almost ran into a delineator post. I overcorrected and I lost control. And at one point we were looking the other direction uh, on the interstate. And I almost got it back under control, but we ran out of space. And I hit a delineator post with my passenger side, and we rolled uh, three times. No one was ejected. No one had seatbelts on, Um, which we'd had seatbelts on the whole time. We had just stopped to get gas and drinks, and for whatever reason, no one put them back on. Um. And I got stuck in the, I couldn't close my eyes. So I was watching all the glass as it broke fly towards me. I experienced the slow time. Um, It's a real phenomenon. Your body processes things slowly. Um, And I remember feeling forever, like I just killed everything. Mm -hmm. Um, And then on top of it, the highway patrol officer was an asshole. Uh, and, uh, pardon me. Um, when, uh, they loaded my wife up to the ambulance, she started screaming. I had declined services because I didn't want to get in the ambulance. I went to hop in the ambulance when I heard her start to scream. And he legitimately clotheslined me and was like, nope, you're staying with me. And mind you, I'm 18 at this point. I had like, um, and, uh, or yeah, yeah, 18 at this point. And uh, he was like, nope, you're staying with me. Ran me through everything, called me a liar about the accident, a whole bunch of stuff. Just this grizzled old, shouldn't still be on the force highway patrol guy, like should have retired two years before this <laughs> and then gets another call and leaves me on the side of the road in Wyoming. Um, Which for those who don't understand how this state works, we don't measure things in miles. We measure it in time to travel because there is hours between you and the next thing, not miles or minutes. Jeez. I am literally 45 minutes outside of Cheyenne, Mm. um, which is our capital. My home is an hour and a half behind me traveling at highway speeds. I'm just sitting there on the side of the road. Nothing to drink, nothing to eat. Three hours later, the uh, tow truck arrives. And remind you that the last thing I heard from my cousin and my wife was my, well, at the time, fiance uh, or girlfriend, actually, not even fiance yet was her screaming in the back of the ambulance. Hmm. So you want to talk about emotional roller coaster. Holy fuck. Like I, I legitimately, I thought I killed him or, or, you know, something well, horrible. Like Jake ostensibly had also gone in uh, ambulance yep. to the hospital. Correct. As well. Yep. Yeah. I made him. He tried not to. I made him. So you were left by yourself Yep. for hours on end. For three Thinking, hours. Thinking, not knowing what had happened. Yep. Unbelievable. Yeah. So all of that happened. And then she flew. And then, you know, she ended up sending me the song actually again, which is why, like, that story is so tied to this is because, you know, again, that's when she 
went away for another year and and it actually was in that time where the next thing happened and where the whole Sears thing happened and where I got accused of theft and I ended up like fuck you Wyoming because everything but we'll get into that with the next song uh, but <laughs> right. yeah. I, I just have to throw this out here for you yeah what's up uh, first things first smooth transition there by producer Jared uh, to save space and time and effort. Uh, secondly, fucking spiders are our friends, okay? I just want to say that. Spiders are our friends. Yeah, but screaming women are not. I, I had an argument with Sarah for 20 minutes via text message. And she's uh-huh. like, there's a spider in my shower. I'm going to kill it. And I said, don't you fucking touch that spider. I came over, and I picked him up, and I put him outside where he belongs. Yeah. Outside, where he belongs. I was going 65 down the interstate. Okay? It's not an option. Yeah, it is an option. (laughs) No, it was not. (laughs) I'd have Uh, killed him if I put him outside, too. Why? Why why would you kill the spider? Out of of curiosity, why would you kill the spider? If you put a spider outside a window at 65 miles per hour, it's not going to survive. Well, no, you don't. (laughs) That's not. No, that's not the point. You let it live. Yeah, I was going down the highway... And she's arachnophobic, so she was screaming in fear of this thing. I, I don't want to Monday morning quarterback this, but you uh-huh. should let sp- spiders live. <laughs> That's just what I'm saying. It's... I'm sure, Jared, in hindsight, he would rather have not endangered his cousin and his fiance well, and yeah, roll no his shit. car I mean, multiple but times. But also, phobia. <laughs> First off, okay. roller uncontrollable fear. Yeah. Kind of implies yeah. unra- irrational. I, it wasn't I, an MRAP asshole. I've done MRAP rollover training. I did Humvee <laughs> rollover training after spaghetti for lunch. Okay. <laughs> no, I just, I don't like, I don't know. I just, even the, even some of the things that I like, have the most irrational fears about, like with the ocean and sharks and all that nonsense, like I'll still go in them for a brief moment in time. But yeah, I, thalassophobia, bro. Well, it, David doesn't think that your fear of sharks is irrational. He's scared of them too. Even mm-hmm. in Wyoming. <laughs> yeah, it's rational. Yeah. It's rational to be afraid of the apex predator. I, I remember they were doing a, they were doing a documentary on nurse sharks, and they're like, these nurse sharks are just so docile, and then we could sit in this pool all day. And then literally, this, they, they zoom in on this dude's leg, and the guy's <laughs> like, he won't bite me, just watch. And then the nurse shark proceeds to take a chunk out of this dude's leg, and it is the most insane thing to witness uncensored it is it was fucking ridiculously insane but like i don't know i just i'm i'm a big like with spiders right i have a massive jumping spider that is about the size of this cap that lives in my house and he is adorable i don't i don't know like i just i i i I get the phobia part i just want to argue with you about um killing a spider (laughs) 65 mile per hour death box with screams inside of it. Listen, I don't kill spiders unless they touch me anywhere else. But did did it touch you? No, Jared. <laughs> you're, you're still missing the point, Jared. I, I'm not missing the point. Yes, I know what you the point are. is. I just want to argue about something. <laughs> uh, okay. So anyways. Yeah. Do you, Jared, how's this for a transition? Do you also kill flies because this next song is by fly leaf it's all because wow. <laughs> spiders are all around me too no um i leave i leave them for the the spiders 
Wow. All right, David, set us set this one out. This is this you said it's a song that helped you return to who you are. So yeah, again, I sort of rebelled pretty bad. Um Lisa had gone, I fell in kind of a depression, and I started uh partying and drinking, definitely for the wrong reasons. Um and I was getting blackout drunk with some friends pretty constantly now remind you i'm like 17 18 around this period of my life so definitely not legally drinking <laughs> um and uh making poor decisions to say the least well, i mean a lead singer who's yeah. a female is a poor decision but you know it's neither here nor there the fuck's wrong with you <laughs> I don't, I'm trying. Sure. I can't. I don't know. It's so much sadness. Yeah, you got too uncomfortable. Is what happened. I did. I did. I'm trying to make it not. We're not done. We're not I, done. I know we're not done. <laughs> I know we're not done. We're on song number. Don't worry. Eight. The happy songs are. The happy songs are coming. The next three legitimately are happy. Okay. Songs. Okay. I'm sorry. The un- I promise it's, it's you. getting to me. It's getting to me. I'm trying to. Good. Do- I don't like it. Imagine <laughs> living it. No. <laughs> right. Anyway. No. I'm sorry. Um, it was a bad joke. Yes, but no. Flyleaf is I very, very good. You're drinking. My apologies. I'll, I'll, I'm gonna mute myself for a moment. Don't you fucking dare. <laughs> okay. Um. Anyways. I love you though, David. I love you too, buddy. Um. So, anyways, yeah, drinking a lot and doing a bunch of just dumb shit, and uh, we'll get into some more of that afterwards. Um. But one night after a particular thing happened. Um, which again we'll talk about after the song. Um, I was just kind of at an all time low, and I and I'm sorry for the non religious people, but like I hit that moment of I something inside of me broke, and I didn't want to lose everything i didn't want to lose my wife i didn't want to keep feeling like everything was against me i didn't want to keep feeling like i'd fucked everything up and i remember this song came on and (sighs) i've never never before and never after i've experienced a lot of spiritual stuff and some things that people don't believe but I remember just feeling like almost like getting picked up as I sat there listening to this song and just remember pleading with God to, to, to save me, not to make it end, which was the first time I'd had that in a long time. And this sort of peace came over me and I was able to make a decision uh, which like I said we'll talk about after the song um, but it just it it I don't know it it reassured me not only and and it's weird because like I said I, I felt like Lisa and I were kind of drifting apart um, it, everything seemed so falling apart and she'd gone back and then you know she was able to make time and we talked and it, it was I don't know it was like everything as soon as I made that decision and I cried out for help, everything started to fit back together. Um, and it slowly started to get better. Um, and that's, that's what this song 
kind of means to me. singer left for a little while and then i guess she came back i don't know it was some weird drama you know how bands are um, <laughs> uh, i i still very much so i love this cd and the next one uh memento mori very good um also excellent live show just fyi uh the with the original lead singer i hear the other one's more boring but like the original gal uh lacy i don't remember her last name but 
she was nuts like she's the short little gal and she'd climb up on like speakers and play on top of the speakers and like jump off of the speakers and do all <laughs> sorts of acrobatic stuff but anyways not the point of the song uh, but the point oh, of the song. so good um so <laughs> this is gonna be an interesting story i guess uh <laughs> i i always get mixed reactions when people hear this um so like i said um I, you know, my wife had gone back um, due to family or medical complications and I was up here. I was depressed and I was drinking with my buddy and his wife and my brother a lot. And my buddy's wife had this, created this infatuation one of the visits that my wife came back because a few of the times while she was gone she came back for short stints but uh uh she developed this infatuation with the fact that i was a virgin uh and did not want me to get married as a virgin despite the fact that i was very adamant about that fact um and continued trying to like pressure like my wife into sleeping with me before we got married, which she also held the same belief that I did. Um, and also then proceeded to try to uh, get me to sleep with her. And when that failed, uh, legitimately one night, she got me drunk and got her friend who just broke up with her boyfriend, her longstanding boyfriend drunk and had her over and basically tried to convince me to take advantage of this young lady while she was drunk. Um, that of course pissed me off, mm. um, to no end. Uh, cause I had already told her like, no, no, no. And there's actually, she tried to hook me up with another friend too, before this, who actually ended up sleeping with my brother. Um, but that's, I was fine with that. I was like, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I don't, I don't want you. Um, but <laughs> And uh, I got pissed off and I actually I walked across town drunk. Um, I thought I drove drunk because I woke up hungover in my house. And I was like, fuck. But I ended up walking across town, apparently underage while drunk because mm -hmm. um, I, I like I could. Well, at least you were smart enough not to drive. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I just couldn't believe that she. You know what I mean? Like, I couldn't believe that she would try to do that, um, which ended um, with sort of that 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 is what culminated into this is that night of her trying to get me to, you know, take advantage of this young gal and, and trying to force me into that. And like, OK, well, my friends aren't even my fucking friends. And, you know, um like and the fact that her husband, my buddy, who I'd known since we were little kids, saw nothing wrong with that. Um I just with that and everything else going on and like I just I I broke. And then after hearing this and, and I don't know, things started to piece back together, like I said, and it was it it felt right. Um and that's where I started to, you know, really adhere again to, to my personal beliefs, um, you know, and, and really try to correct things. Like I came clean to 
my mother and my father about all kinds of stuff that I did because I, mm. I just I was done living with lies and secrets and and I I was done not living to the standard that I had set for myself so long ago, and uh, and then right after that, um, like probably six months after that is when the whole Sears thing happened. And they try to accuse me of stealing money. And I'm like, fuck you guys. Like, I've been doing everything, like, perfect and right into the, like, for the last six months. I haven't done anything wrong, let alone I would never be a thief. And so, and then I ended up with all of that because not only, you know, had I lost those friends, but then everyone was just like, did you do it? Did you do it? Um, And other friends that I had made were like, man, what'd you do with the money? I just I I broke and I was like fuck you guys fuck Wyoming I'm gone and I moved to Missouri where my mother-in-law was gracious enough uh wasn't my mother-in-law at the time but uh she allowed me to live with them um and you know I had a room down there like this is a southern baptist minister and his wife but for whatever reason they allowed me to live there they gave me a room even though I was dating their daughter who also lived there. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, they took me in and, you know, now like my mom knows, like I call mom and dad or mom and dad, like her parents have been so good to me. Uh, the rest of her family, well, not her siblings, but the rest of them can go fuck themselves. But like, <laughs> I will fight tooth and nail for my mother-in-law and father-in-law. Like those, those folks are my other mom and dad period. Like, and that's really this is the part of my life where that started to happen. And then, you know, I got married and got to finish college and things started to kind of click and and it started to happen right. Um, it didn't feel like everything in my life was blowing up. Like there were still problems. Don't get me wrong. Issues, things happened. But like, sure, I didn't feel like everything I tried exploded. And not everyone was out to get you. Yeah, at this right. So, all right. Well, I mean, I think you already kind of answered it with that, but I mean, so it sounds like it was a, a, an epiphany brought on specifically by that song. Yeah. Or you know, I was asking whether maybe that was just a, a piece in the process, but it sounds like it was pretty definitively that song that was just like where everything clicked, right? Yes, sir. All right. So, what's next? We get uh, some your real love here, your indie folk yeah. rock. Yeah, we sure do. Uh, so this uh, again, we get to we get to get to the happy happy. You're welcome, Jared. Thank you. Um, <laughs> this is my uh, favorite genre of music. Now, this is not my favorite song, not even my favorite band in this genre, though I do love the Decemberists. However, uh, I was looking for something to listen to i'd finally gotten to reconnect with jake because our lives kind of diverged for a little while um and he was like hey you should listen to this band um and he sent me this next song and i listened to it and i was like all right that was cool and then we both had a love for the colbert rapport at the time and then like a week later they were on the colbert rapport with their newest album which was a concept album where it's very heavily story driven. The whole album is telling one long story. 
It's got Greek mythology metaphors, everything I'm a sucker for. You jam. Yeah. And I was like, this <laughs> is the coolest shit. Um, and so, and then the rest is history. Uh, you know, go listen to the Mountain Goats episode, Sufjan Stevens, all that fun stuff. Like, I, I love this music. And this is the song that started it all. All right. Let's hear it. Click. You belong to the gang And you say you can't break away But I'm here with my hands on my heart And our families can't agree I'm your brother's sworn enemy But he shouts out my love to the Window. 
song's such a jam. So I, I think I kind of know, but I mean, because you said that already in the introduction that uh, Jake introduced you to this one. So um, like, was this, well, it wasn't really your type of music at the time, but um, so were you kind of dragged kicking and screaming into folk fandom or were you kind of receptive to it? No, no. Like I, again, he showed me this and I was like, all right, that's cool. That's cool. And then when I discovered, uh, uh, the, uh, hazards of love CD by the Decemberists, I was like, this is fucking awesome. And then I couldn't stop hitting up Jake. I was like, dude, this is great. Uh, who else should I listen to? And he would send me a couple people and I'd listen to like two of them and I'd forget the other four. So I'd message him <laughs> back and I'd be like, dude, who else? Who else? This is good. This is all good. I really like this. And then we get into discussions and like ranking, you know, the bands. And I'd be like, no, I really like this. And we'd be like, nah, nah, these people are way better. It's like, you're fucking crazy. You know, the way <laughs> Jake and I banter. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I just, I, again, this is everything I love. It's, it's, it's a Romeo and Juliet story. Uh, what? Fuck you, Kyle. <laughs> tell him no. to get close to the mic. Fucking tell Kenny. him to get close to the mic. Yeah. No, tell him we don't want that shit. We don't need a Kenny wow. cameo. All right. <laughs> Sorry for the randomness for anyone who's listening to this. My roommate just bust out of his room, glaring at me and shaking his head. Um, Which is the charm of Kyle, I guess. Kenny. Uh, but yeah, no, I just Kyle I, dude, charm. Yes, he For does. Me, I guess I don't know. <laughs> to me, he's usually nicer than that. To me, apparently, I was singing while he was in combat. That's his own problem. I know. Listen, this is every one of these. It closes door. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't help. My voice is loud. Uh, but every song on this list, like I've heard a thousand times, I know every everything about it i love these songs um even the ones that hurt like yeah i know. get it um this is not one of those uh i just i i don't know i love this song uh and anything by the decemberists i'll listen to um but yeah this really started that fire of of really loving indie folk music and i dove headfirst into that pool and like, okay, well, so just as we went on a bit of a sidebar with Jake and his uh, Craig Finn slash Hold Steady uh, selection, like what other indie or folk bands would you want to shout out here since we don't have a lot of other representation on the list? Uh, obviously, the Hold Steady, um, which you should go listen to that episode if you haven't yet. Um, Hold Steady's big. Uh, Modest Mouse, I actually really enjoy a lot of their stuff. Uh, the Shins are great um which those are all kind of like the like more mainstream ones now that people know um margo and the nuclear so-and-sos is great um uh for for bands that are a little less um known uh i love a ton of their stuff Wait, is, um, it, is it really the so-and-sos is that the title margo and the so-and-sos yeah or it's margo it and the nuclear so-and-sos sorry M-A-R-G-O-T or M-A-R-G-O-T. M-A-R-G-O-T. I just Margo and the Nuclear So and So's. Um, let's see. That's a great band, but that's not uh indie folk. I don't know why that's uh um why that popped into my head. Is it because she's had rotating people or is it just so and so's because they they yeah. 
I don't know. It's a good band. That's what I know. Okay. <laughs> um, I don't. I, I don't think so. I, I have think not that's heard just the of the name them, they went so. to. That is uh, on the list to check out on your recommendations. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I said sorry. Now I've forgotten my list of who I said. Uh, the Shins, Hold the Steady, Margo, uh, and the Nuclear So and Sos. Yeah, I can remove the Mountain Goats because you you guys already know that I modest mouse. You said. Yep. Uh, trying to think of some more. Uh, Andrew Bird is phenomenal. Um, I love really everything he's done. Um, one of my favorite songs is Sisyphus, um, which is a great song. Bless you. Um, <laughs> God damn it, Jared. Um, yeah. That's AJ twice Jay. today you brought up Sisyphus we, yep. in our text string. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is true that is true i did mention a sisyphean task um stop using big words that i have to google <laughs> i'll try to do better um and then i i'm sure if i sat and thought i could think of m more um i'm trying to not recommend the same ones that jake did well, I mean, if that would be a, a really strong recommendation if you also recommended them. Listen, I agree 100% with every band that Jake brought up as well. Um, uh, there's a really uh, interesting one uh, that is... Uh, they're called the Peculiar Pretzelman. They're much <laughs> less known. Um, dude, they're interesting. When they performed here in town... All of their instruments were stuff that they had like scavenged and made. So like they were playing on like all junk instruments. And but it it was so impressive and it's so good. It's got a really uh unique sound, um, similar to like a murder by death, um, okay. or like blue Saraceno, um, which are other peculiar great peculiar pretzelman. The peculiar pretzelman, yep. Okay, that's incredible. Uh yeah, they're pretty they're pretty good. Um and then another good one is Shell, uh, S-H-E-L. Um, and it's for, I believe, four ladies out of Colorado. Um, and they do, for Jared specifically, uh, they do a cover of Enter Sandman that is phenomenal. Okay. <laughs> See, now I got him. <laughs> um, even if you don't like their other stuff, Jared, I think you'd love their cover. Um, say less and if you watch the music video cover for it it's got everything you need um, shell enter sandman here we go yep it's it's pretty oh. great well hello Howdy, like, uh, <laughs> save to watch later there we go uh. <laughs> David, yeah i told you buddy you were you, you had me in the first half i was i was thinking of calling out sick halfway through shift and and here i am like in like in a cover all right all right I and the genuinely... last one i'll oh sorry, oh, sorry. <laughs> go ahead no no go ahead i was gonna say i thought well no i'm changing topics and i don't want to change topics so give us your final recommendation okay the final a thousand notes uh, is kate in. nash just uh her stuff is really good it's more poppy but it's it's still in that kind of indie um so if you want something that's a little more poppy uh but still in sort of that indie vibe uh kate nash has some good stuff Okay, very cool. So the, the next one, oh, Jared, I, I, well, go it, ahead. It, it leads me into the next one here, but like, oh, Valencia, right. I thought that was like, I don't know why I thought it was something different, but I thought that it was kind of cool that it was like the, the man and wife on the front of it. 
I was like, all right, that's really dope. Like, I thought it was going to be about your wife, but it's just a good storytelling song. Um, mm-hmm. But I was I was, I was going to find a way to sneak this in. But David, this is this may not be radio, you know, podcasting, but we have to radio edit it, which leads us into the freaks. It's a bad transition. But yes, I'm, I'm curious about why you chose a song called Freaks, but radio edit. Is that part of the title or is it like the legitimate radio edit or what? Okay, so a couple things leading to the next one, which first of all is Freaks. It's the radio edit by Timmy Trumpet um, featuring, I think, Savage. Shit, Savage, yeah. Um, so one, I don't know how I listened to this list a million times and wrote copious amounts of notes and realized that I accidentally flipped 11 and 10. Uh, song 10 should actually come in 11 slot and then 11 should be where 10 is, well, but I'm an idiot. Pretend like we didn't have that whole conversation. So the song that's coming up is I have to return <laughs> to so, and I'm, yeah. <laughs> okay. No, I'm fine with talking about 11 first, as long as it doesn't fuck up Eric. They totally can. It doesn't matter. He does the show notes. No, I don't. What? Wait, so there's this one, the song that reminds you of happy times and friends that you miss is I have to go return some videotapes. No, or no, the notes that I sent you to... are correct. I just accidentally put the songs in the wrong order chronologically. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. So. Wait, what song am I so, playing here? And what is so it? So we about? are doing number 11 in place yes. of number 10, which is yes. I have to go return some videotapes. And Bruce I'm going to move it in the playlist. So people listening are, along are going to be like, what the fuck? Wait, <laughs> um, no, because it. Oh, it updated on me. Shit. Yep. Look at that. Um, yeah. So this song is I Have to Go Return Some Videotapes by Breathe Carolina, which is not my type of music at all. Um, Okay. I This is one of those songs that I listen to purely for nostalgia. Um, It's like I enjoy it. Don't get me wrong. It's it's a good song, but it is not one that I'm going out of my way to listen to. Um, But it was... This CD, um, my wife's friend, of course, being the wonderful uh, bit torrenter that she was, uh, burned a copy for my wife and I because she's like, these guys are amazing. You guys love them. You got to listen to it. And it just sort of by default, because we were hanging out with Liz so much that year, kind of became like our summer anthem. Um and so we listened to it all the time and the girls loved it. You know, I, and it was something that wasn't Lady Gaga that they liked. <laughs> uh, and so I was all for listening to this. And and the more that it played, the more some of the songs kind of caught with me. Um, but now I can't hear this band without thinking of, you know, the times driving out to the lake with Liz or, or you know, the big one that I think I mentioned is like Liz and my brother actually dated for a short time. Um, and we did a whole road trip. We drove from Southeast Missouri to Minot, North Dakota to go hang out with my brother. And then we stopped down in Casper, Wyoming, uh, to say hello to my parents. Um, and, uh, I actually got pulled over for the second time ever in my life, driving her car Dude, how I didn't get a ticket or arrested I don't know. I The cops had to have not given a fuck that night because <laughs> I am driving a car with a Wyoming license plate or with a Wyoming license driver's license because I hadn't switched to Missouri yet. 
with Missouri plates with an out taillight. I couldn't find the registration. I couldn't find the proof of insurance. I, I my story is literally because it's the truth. Um, Liz and Lisa wanted to go see a movie. I wanted to stay and talk to my parents. So Liz was like, yeah, just, you know, when we're done, we'll call you. Come pick us up. I was like, cool. So I took them, dropped them off in the movie theater on my way to get them. I got pulled over and I'm like, holy shit. Uh, I, I don't have the I don't know where anything is. This is my friend's car. I know it's insured. I know it's registered. I can't find anything. And I'm calling her and they had texted me and they're not answering now. And I'm like, fuck, I am going to get either the biggest ticket or arrested right now. Where'd you get pulled over? Uh, in uh, Evansville, Wyoming. It, uh, okay, because I, I can kind of I can kind of gauge possibly why you didn't get a ticket. What time of night was it? Well, let me. Okay, so that is relevant. It was okay. like ten o'clock at night, but that's just it. Okay, this is a town. Uh, it's attached to Casper. It's like a suburb of Casper. Okay, they are known for giving people speeding tickets for one mile over. <laughs> So it's um, 10 o'clock at the night, worst. are you residential, outside of town, in town? We're on, like, the main thoroughfare where most people get pulled over. Okay. Um, there's a lot of, like, drug traffic in this area. There's a lot of, like, sketchy. There's a bar, like, two blocks behind me. There's a lot of sketchy shit that happens here. And most people know if you're going to get pulled over in Evansville, you're going to get a ticket, which has just been the truth for everyone I've ever known. Um, and it is, they are, like, they have that reputation. And these guys pulled me over, no ticket, no nothing. They were just like, yep, have a good night, and walked away. <laughs> was there panic on your face? Probably. Okay. The, the, <laughs> dude, there was this one time me and A-Bear, an old buddy of mine, pulled over this dude in a mommy minivan, right? Staff sergeant. Never been pulled over in his <laughs> life. Just him and his whole troop of kids. We pull him over, and the dude starts panicking. Because, you know, security forces is what we do. And he, like, he had the sheer panic on his face. And A-Bear, Staff Sergeant A-Bear was like, I'm not going to give him a ticket. I was like, oh, okay, whatever, no big <laughs> deal. But it's the Staff Sergeant and the Senior Airman talking to another Staff Sergeant. And the guy is losing his shit. Like, starts to cry in front of his wife and kids and everything. And we're like, dude, we're just, we're, we're going to let you go. We're going to let you go. And, like, Ellsworth is known for not giving tickets, not doing anything. Like, if we pull you over, it's like, don't do that again, David, you son of a bitch. Because that's all we can really do. And it, right. yeah, so like when when I've had genuine fear on my faces and like I'm telling the cops, I'm like, look, look, I've tried to call them five times and they're not answering. The cop is like, just shut up, dude. Here's your here's your shit back. Get out of the, get out of here. And you're like, OK, so that's that's you probably did get let go because of that. So, Maybe. yeah, it's nice. It's very possible. I also, you know, I I'm a very honest person, so hopefully that translated. I've but, never uh, given to a ticket to a person who's told me the truth. Right. Never. Fair. People are I, just like, like, you know why I pulled you over? Yeah, I do. Huh. Well, okay, yeah. You you know you're doing wrong, so what's going to happen next time? I'm not going to do it? Good. Get out of here. Right? Yeah. Uh, Heads up, though. If they tell you, hey, your taillight's out and you need to fix it, don't be like, yeah, I'll hop out and fix it right now. They don't <laughs> like it when you try to get out of the car. Uh <laughs> <laughs> I did that when I was 16. The only other time I got pulled over, <laughs> I got also got pulled over for an out tail light. I had an extra one into the glove box and I was like, Oh shit. I'm so sorry. I can fix it right now. I took my seatbelt off and like opened the door and he's like, stay in your car. 
like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, and that's just you know, like I said, the to get back to the song, like it it just sort of took over that year as kind of the anthem. And every time I hear it, I think of, you know, hanging out with Liz and, and Ellie and Nick and all these friends that I made that grew up with my wife and all these cool people that I met down South that, you know, made my time living in a place that I hated, uh, not horrible. Did you ever return a videotape while listening to this song? <laughs> that Actually, really yes, meta. to Hastings <laughs> yes. so many times. Yeah. <laughs> I can hit play and be happy now. All right. <laughs> Your world opens up and swallows me. I'm MC. Just another
<laughs> he reminds me so much of some other metal singer that does this where it's a lot of pop mixed with like metal and it just it... i was thinking kill hannah i want to be a kennedy oh kill hannah i listened to a lot of kill hannah around this time that is like a thousand percent the song that that reminded me of when that I don't know. Maybe. I, uh, yeah. What's the what's the other? I think I know who uh, Jared might be thinking of. Uh, uh, fuck. He just he's got a new band now. Falling in Reverse. Um, Ronnie something. Falling. It was his first band. I feel like it is Falling in Reverse. I th- yeah. uh, it might be Falling in Reverse. If not, it's probably the band that he was in beforehand. Um, but yeah, uh, which I can't remember. I cannot remember. His his uh, music. If I yeah. if I remember who Falling in Reverse is, his music videos are freaking cringy though. <laughs> like they are. Really... Some of them. Some yeah. of them are cool, but some of them are. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, bro, you're just trying to be. Isn't he the one that's like super heavily tatted? Like he's an ex con yep. and all. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. got one where I'm like, you're just trying to be a superhero now, brother. <laughs> like, <laughs> like there's nothing wrong with it. Like I remember when I first learned how to do VFX, I was like, oh, this is cool. I'd hundred percent pay somebody to. To help me go, like, I'd film it on a green skin and be like, maybe go Super Saiyan, guys. Uh, Escape the Fate. That was the name of the ah. first band. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, I, I'm pretty sure it is falling in reverse because he he does have a good pop voice, but then he's got a little bit of screamo in him that's nice. Yep. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Jared had to weave in a Dragon Ball Z reference. <laughs> at least I'm not, at least I'm not talking about the other thing I'm very well known for. That's true. We haven't gotten to there. Well, yeah, you might still have some time left. Who knows? <laughs> We're going to have to radio edit that out. Oh, singer. Wow. I'm going to go to the bathroom. Wow. Good. No, I'm just... <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that song, like, I, I don't know. It's so weird because, like, every time I hear it, it's a song about a uh, very clearly about a serial killer. And I'm like, yeah, good times with friends, you know? Uh, I promise my friends were not unwrapping skin and axing off body parts (laughs) that you know of. Yeah. Well, I mean, listen, everyone's got their secrets. (laughs) Literal skeletons in the closet. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Damn it. Jared wasn't there for that one. Right. If only. And actually, um, I don't know if he like actually paused the episode when he went to go use the restroom, or if oh, I don't either. <laughs> so we're just rolling with it as if we're still recording. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. I'm I'm just gonna go, and you know, if if uh, he's got a problem with it, well, you know, it's whatever. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't have a lot to say about this song. Um, I just I I couldn't think of like i wanted to represent that time in my life and Mm -hmm. this band and that that song was my favorite from that album and that band just was kind of like i said that was like our go-to jam it was either that or uh panic at the disco Mm, okay um so and specifically the first album uh that panic at the disco ever released for whatever reason that was like that was their jam. Uh, but so I heard a lot of both of those, which I was always happy when we went with those over Lady Gaga. Cause, oh, <laughs> uh, if my sister in law was in the car, Gaga was on. 
And I was like, please stop. You guys do uh, know like, I have Bluetooth headphones, right? Yeah. Jared, I never say anything I don't care if you hear. Like No, I just and I I just I just I can mute everything. I'm the producer. I have the power to mute everybody. I just wanted to make sure that you could play the song before we introduced it. Right. I was yeah. vamping a little bit. Because yeah. once no, again I, you had I, your dick in your hand, so I, I thought <laughs> I thought we were gonna go 15, 20 minutes with story time on Dave, and I was like, "Oh, I got a, I got a bathroom break here. <laughs> like, we could take a, we could take a pause, X." No, okay. No, um, no. I am curious. Why do you hate Gaga though? Because like Gaga has grown on me a little bit. Like at first, it was like, like literally, like a fungus. <laughs> maybe possibly a little bit but she weirded me out to begin with and then like i realized like she's pretty attractive she's actually pretty smart with how she does some of her songs and like she's from what i've noticed kind of a little bit more real as a celebrity than i would like to maybe it's just the the little bit of media that i consumed but like she used to be like what the fuck is wrong with this woman too I, she's got a banger or two yeah but jared i judge music on quality i no, I'm, just kidding. I'm kidding. When South Park can tell Cart, <laughs> when South Park is gonna parody you, and it becomes a massive hit, where Cartman sings Gaga, I kind of, you know, I, yeah, I cannot stand her music, man. It's just too poppy for me, and just too synthetic, weird poppiness. It's like everything I hate in music rolled into one. <laughs> um, like it's super repetitious it, there's no story to it it's got synthetic like that synth drum stuff oh, constantly okay. it's got okay. it's oh, got okay. you've made distorted voice yeah i am curious though if if you don't like all that stuff how do you feel about uh the the trapped in a closet cd where it's just a cd full of stories I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, I, 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 it's not Kanye West. Because I've heard. Oh wait, wait. Are you talking about R. Kelly? Yeah, the whole no. album where he tells like it, like it's literally. R. Just... Kelly is a monster. Yeah. Well, I know, but if you judge music solely, <laughs> but listen, listen to me, hear me out, <laughs> hear me out. You judge it solely by what it, what it is, not who it sings it or what have you. Before we knew he was a fucking lunatic and he was a monster, what did you feel about that album where it was just a weird fucking story? kind of feels like he always was. Like, even when he was writing songs for Aaliyah, when she was, like, 15 years old, it was, like, very yeah, like it was, cringy. It, yeah, but, like... He was, he's always been a piece of shit, dude. Like, this was okay, never, okay. like, a, well, is he a good guy kind of thing? No, I didn't know, but I, all, I, all I remember is, like, did you hear R. Kelly came out with an album where it's literally just him telling a story with weird background music. And I was like, that's fucking weird. Like, okay, so disregard. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, not my not my thing. Sorry, but I, I, I appreciate where you were going. I can see the connection, I think. Because you're like, but... oh, I, I judge it by the, 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 the songs and stuff. It's like fucking this. It's just like the Mountain Goats and the Decemberists. Yeah. Like, I can listen to stories like that all day, every day, right? Yeah. But whatever he did. And like, I... To be honest with you, I heard a song and I was like, that's the whole album. You can fucking count me out, dog. That's fair. Yeah, so. it's weird. It's very weird. Yeah. I have heard a few of the songs, but no, I don't. I, don't <laughs> I, just, care for that. I just I I feel like I'm just swinging. I'm over today, boys. So you know what R. Kelly is? What? R. Kelly is a freak. 
which uh, actually is a perfect transition as well, Eric, because this next song did the thing. is a song that I hate, but also love. Um, just like Jared and R. Kelly, apparently. Um, but... <laughs> Where is my mute all button? <laughs> um, no. So this, I. Why I think the radio it'll be edit? Rather, why? Why radio edit? Because this is the version. This. It, I'm gonna tell the story afterwards, but it's it's Freaks Radio Edit featuring Savage by Timmy Trumpet, um, uh, and I'll give plenty of time for people to look that up and pull up the lyrics if you want. You really don't have to. There's not much here. Um, this is not a song of substance. This is a song that, uh, like I said, normally I would hate, um, but this song in particular. I'm not a Timmy Trumpet fan. I'm not a Savage fan, but this song has a huge nostalgic thing for me, which uh, I will tell the whole story in its entirety as soon as we are done. Listen All right.
I... All right, before you say anything, Jared. Okay. <sighs> now, picture this. You've been up for 19 hours. You finally get some sleep in a freezing <laughs> Connex box. It's still all in your battle rattle. Gun next to you. 16 of y'all spooned in close together for heat. There's no heater. And suddenly, at like 4 in the morning, just as you doze off to sleep, this song starts blaring. And you realize you've been locked into the Connex box. How pissed off are you? Um, I want to know how... Wait, did that happen to you? No, we did it to someone. Uh, so, who'd you do it to? So, all right. This song, uh, for for those who don't know, uh, when I first came back to Wyoming, I actually put together a Milsim Airsoft team, and I ran it for several years. We went to national events and all kinds of stuff. Um, and travel, traveled pretty much all over the Western United States, going to events and playing airsoft and doing all kinds of fun stuff. It actually afforded us opportunities to do a bunch of stuff as civilians. Like I have trained on, uh, sites that have only ever been trained on by special forces. And then they ended up closing them down cause they were too unsafe. Uh, cause they realized that with Wyoming winds, they couldn't get a helicopter in there and mm-hmm. there's only one way in. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Um, but you know, I've gotten to do a lot of cool stuff that civilians just don't get to do. I've been trained in Mount, which is military operations on urban terrain. Um, I've gone through. It is. It's a ton of fun. And I got trained on it at the same base, joint operations base where other, other, you know, service members got trained in it. Um, But anyways, uh, so I had this team and one year, um, the first like big event we go to, we it's Wyoming. And the people who came from anywhere else were like, ah, it's winter. It'll be fine. Wyoming winter did, did what Wyoming winter does. Mm-hmm. And halfway through, most people's weapons have broken because it's like negative 12. There's snow and mud on the ground. I'm laying in the snow um, watching our little uh, forward operating base that we've set up because everyone else is out of commission. It's me and one other guy. And so these this team comes up and they try to, like, make sure that our guys can't get any sleep because their weapons are all fucked, too. So no one's very combat effective. And they come up and they start banging on the Connex and making noise and trying to, you know, make it so we can't sleep through the night. And so that gave me the idea of, okay, well, if they want to do that, just wait till next fucking event. Like, (laughs) I'm going to mess with these guys bad. And my wife just so happened because it's around Christmas time to get me a little Bluetooth speaker that it didn't look like a grenade, but it was like the same size as a grenade. It fit in a grenade pouch. Yeah, Yeah. dude. (laughs) So we legitimately, the next event, the same team that was fucking with my people, uh, which was also based out of this uh, town. Uh, I actually know the guy who leads that we've been great friends since we were little. It's, it was weird that we reconnected this way. Um, But (laughs) So we wait till we find them asleep and we rolled that speaker in on them and then blocked the doors to the Connex box where they were all <laughs> sleeping and blared that from my phone and blared this song. And and that just sort of expanded from there. And then, like, of course, you know, my team was always invited to be like oppositional forces and do cool stuff. So we put together a barracks party 
list and this song was put on there and it just sort of evolved into being the official unofficial theme song of the team and so like anytime we wanted to get like amped up like i've used it to mess with people i've put it on speakers and thrown it into a field and had people like shooting in the field as we (laughs) stormed from the other side of the base i've when my guys were down and low on morale at two in the morning uh i've blared this and and it's like that battle cry that hua pushed through the wall moment um uh because you know we'd go out and do 24 36 hour events uh you know non-stop going and no sleeping and stuff like that it was it was a ton of fun and i got really close to these people i mean you know there's still a couple of them that i could call right now i haven't talked to some of them in two years but i guarantee you if i call them they'd spin up faster than any qrf force you know and they would be armed to the teeth and uh at my front door in probably five minutes or less that's how you know john and gary right was through airsoft uh john yes uh i met gary through john but yeah that's how i met john um that's how like um yeah i i don't think you would know any of the other people that i met but i've you know i mean we were super close like these people were at my house every week um you know, like the, and, and I missed that a lot. Uh, that was the last group of friends that I was really close with. Um, so it was really sad when it fell apart because of my job. Um, mm-hmm. you know, every life got busy for everyone, but it got really busy for me and, and basically no one else was able to take up the effort when I wasn't able to be there and, and everything kind of fell apart, but like, that was the last group of friends that I was really like super, super, super close with. Um, so friendships uh, as an adult is just, it's difficult because everybody's yeah. got stuff going on and you know, oh, it's, yeah. it's hard and it, that sucks because yeah, it just, it sucks. So I does understand your feel. Yeah. And you go from literally, I went from seeing these people, at least once a week to, you know, I see maybe once a year, some of them, not all of them. Dude, my, um, my best friend who literally lives across town, like just like trying to find a way to like team up with him when he's not doing something like, it's just, it's, it's ridiculous. Like just literally yeah. being an adult with my one best friend, Alex, like it just, it sucks so much. Cause like, I'll be like, Hey, what are you doing this week? And he's like, Oh, going to applesauce. It's like, all right, fine. Cool. Uh, we call Appleton. I call it applesauce. I called it applesauce in one text message. So, um, but it's like a town that's like an hour and a half away. He'll go visit that, and it's like every weekend that I'm free, he's off doing something else, and it it, it sucks. It genuinely. Oh yeah, sucks. it's it is hard as shit. Um, but yeah, no, I I I have some nostalgia attached to that, uh, and just some fun times and just crazy wild going nuts in the barracks. I mean, uh definitely definitely uh had that on some playlists and some barracks (laughs) parties (laughs) i I don't think i would have been too mad at that because it would have been like one of those good fuck you tactics but no i I could see that um the worst was i was posted with a guy and i had it was a it was a weekend it was it was like a four-day weekend at base and like it was me and this other dude on the flight line and i was 65 hours in no sleep because for some reason i just couldn't sleep and he uh he was a big fan of the top 40 and this was at the time in my life when i hated the top fucking 40 
And uh, <laughs> that is that is the only reason I made it to 72 hours without sleep. Promptly de-armed, went home, and passed out for a day and a half. <laughs> yeah, longest I've ever done is 36, 37 hours, give or take. Uh, but that is, that's that's too much. Yeah, I, I, I don't <laughs> recommend it. I've done, yeah, I've done about 40. And it's, you, you start seeing shit. Definitely uh, oh, hearing yeah. shit. I don't remember the drive home because I had to do 36 hours at work once because uh, of an incident. And I don't remember the drive home. And I didn't remember the drive home the next day or any of it. It's like, oh, fuck. And the stupidest thing, like, Jared had a like a kind of a valid reason, like being on watch and whatever. Sure. Like, but mine was also the military, but it was just like for stupid shit. Like we had it was one of those like it was like a extended holiday break kind of thing and none of us had like duty or anything so we we're just like let's just stay up drink and play video games and <laughs> that's that's what we did so it's like we could have gone to sleep at any point in time but it's just like once you get past like you know 24 hours it's like well we may as well see how far we can go and then i mean it's that... like oh a whole other day uh, okay that that is essentially what happened because I, I've, I, I had a perfect evening, right? I passed out, woke up, got armed up, and I just I went to work. And then, like, I came home and I was like, oh, I'll play a little PGA. I think it was, like, one of the PGA Tour golfs had just come out and I just gotten it. And I, I liked playing it. I liked playing through the career. I played it. And I was like, oh, fuck, I got to go back to work in, like, two hours. It's like, ah, oh, fuck it. I'm just going to keep playing. I came home, laid down in my bed. And just because I was midnight, I was mid shift, right? Like nobody fucked with me. So I was like, all right, I'm just going to, I'm going to try to stay up a little bit longer, stay in my normal sleep cycle. And next thing I know, it's like two o'clock in the afternoon. I was like, I need to like go to bed. And I just <laughs> couldn't go to bed. And so the, the second day comes and I'm armed up doing what I do. And the third day comes, I'm literally staring at my ceiling with blackout curtains on. The fan is on high. I've done everything in my power to fall asleep. And it's, it's like 12 hours a shift, 10 hours a shift, eight hours, five, four, three. And I'm just like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's go for a record. And <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, it was so bad, dude. Like I, we're, cause we're out there alone. Nobody's in the flight line. The flight chief is basically said, I drank too much last night. I'm not fucking with anybody. The radio is dead silent. We haven't heard a call out in hours. We call in one of our checks and, and Ells, uh, Ellsworth was like, we don't fucking care anymore. Stop calling in shit. <laughs> it's the third day on shift. Nobody's here. Nobody cares. And that's basically what, what they told us on our cell phones. So it's me and my buddy. And he's like, you got to stay awake all shift. And I was like, I don't want to, though. Like, let me sleep. And he's like, no. And 70, 72 hours came and went. And I fell asleep for a day and a half. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> that sucks. Now, mind you, uh, I was... I was probably like, I think it was like, what, 22 with an M4 hundred. No, no. This is when we switched to 210 rounds and uh, 45 rounds of hollow point M9 ammunition. <laughs> yeah. That was dangerous. You think? <laughs> well, can... Now I'm to the point, like, it's just where it's like, I've been awake for seven hours. I need a nap. <laughs> Yeah, right. Yeah. Dude, I made it to the through the morning meeting, all right? It is nap time, brother. <laughs> You're not wrong. Well, speaking uh, of nap times. Yes, yeah, carry uh, me down. Jared, Jared's going to want Not the segue yeah, I was fuck going it, for. Okay, well, fine, fine. <laughs> uh, no, Jared's going to want one cuz we're we're getting back into the fields as he puts it. Ah, motherfucker. Okay. <laughs> you had 3 songs of just fun shit. 
three out of thirteen. But... I, I I would. Yeah. I you know what I got to do the math on that. What is the math on that? Three three out of thirteen is, is what percentage? Three divided by thirteen. <laughs> yeah, I would. I'd be thinking about pulling you off of one of my one of my sales campaigns here. All right. So. <laughs> but continue, sir, if you must. I'm glad I, my life doesn't sell lawn care. <laughs> anyway. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Um. So this next song is, I selected because it's again chronologically right where we're at. Uh, you know, we're moving forward from this is after the collapse of the team. This is after the birth of my first son. Um, this was a song that I've loved for a long time ever since it came out. Um, like Jared said, he's like it's one of my favorites by these people. Was mine too, and I always told people that. I wanted it played at my funeral. Um, and then in 2020, um, right as COVID was starting to hit, um, my my grandfather died. And uh, the the song is Carry Me Down by Demon Hunter. And I was one of the pallbearers. And I also watched him. Like, we couldn't go in to the nursing home. We had to sit outside. And my family literally camped outside that window. And we watched. And then the day that we buried him, because they tried to tell us we couldn't have a funeral because of COVID. And we told them we didn't care. And the day that we buried him, it, it rained and the sky was gray. And as soon as I got home, the song played. And... Yeah, and we'll talk about who he was in a minute, but this song just, it's so, I don't know, like, and now I can't, I can't hear it without thinking about Grandpa, so... Inside my heart can't break the 
such a fitting tribute to my grandpa you would have liked my grandpa <laughs> i don't know many people who didn't but he was <laughs> uh, if you want to talk about the person who's that replacement father figure um it was it was my grandpa uh, my dad might not be a good man he might not have been a good father but the one thing he always was good at was sort of pointing towards people who were good men. Um, my grandfather wasn't perfect, but God, he seemed like it so often. He was the person who taught me how to fish. Um, and 
he's the reason I went to college. Um, for a period of time, I didn't give a shit about it. I didn't see a purpose in it. But Grandpa used to always tell all of us that he didn't care what it was. You know, go to go to school and get a get a degree in underwater basket weaving. He used to say. <laughs> um, so he wanted better for us. He wanted us to have opportunities that he didn't have in life. And family was always important to him. And he and grandma were always the type of people, you know, like grandpa didn't care what drama was going on or if you just got in a fight. It didn't matter if there was a holiday. You were coming to grandma's house and you were getting the fuck along because grandma wants her family and grandpa was the type of person to make that happen. And ever since he died and COVID hit, that hasn't happened. And, you know, I always wanted that. That's how I grew up. I always wanted that for my sons, but it just doesn't seem like it's in the cards. Uh, but he taught us, he taught me so much and he was, so, he was everything I ever wanted to be growing up. He was so tough, but not a macho shove it in your face kind of way. He just, that's what you do. Like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> there's no words for it, but I miss my grandpa a lot. Probably would remind me of those old vets that I would walk through the VA as they're shuffling through, and you look over at your hat and you see a couple of couple of fancy, not pins but uh, ribbons on their hat, and you're like, oh, chaplain, you know, chaplain used to stack bodies, or you get to talking to these dudes, and they're some of the most humble dudes you've ever met, but you realize that they are the ones that that really did the dirty work and that, you know, as kind sold as they are, you know, like Captain Winters, right? Major Winters, these were the dudes that were just badasses in their life. And I feel you, dude. <laughs> I I have I've had those moments ripped away too and I I feel your pain, brother. I do. He had a heart attack and wanted to finish reeling in the fish. <laughs> I gotta ask, what did he catch? I don't think he did. He uh, got rushed by his buddy. He wouldn't Chuck wouldn't let him stay. He drove him into town. But like I just I mean it's all good memories, but it's so like and watching him pass was hard. Cause this is he he had dementia. Hmm. And he was one of the strongest people I'd ever known. And like one of the last times I saw him, he begged me for a job. <laughs> he just wanted to take care of his family. <laughs> My grandpa was a World War II vet, Navy, Navy captain, uh, and submarine. And they would, he was. He always spoke uh, Frankisms is what we used to call it. <laughs> uh, he 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 never answered a question. Never answered a question in my entire life. Never answered a question. Always asked me a question back. And right as I got back, uh, 
I think it was it was one of, it was it was Afghanistan. Yeah, and when I got back from Afghanistan, my mom had told me that he had dementia, and I went to see him, and it's there. He wasn't Frank. He wasn't Grandpa Frank, the the man who used to tell me that if I touched the the swords, it would burn my hands because they're still hot from the Japanese, uh, you know, uh, swordsmith making them. <laughs> so, I, I feel you. You know, it it is tough, man. But they are <laughs> they are the people who define us, right? Yeah, he's. <laughs> <laughs> we uh one christmas we all got together and we got a bunch of quarters because he used to always his, one of his go-to dad jokes was no matter what you asked for or, or what you asked to do it was got a quarter right <laughs> can i grandpa can i use the phone got a quarter so we got together and we wrote all of the grandkids and kids and everybody's name and a few great grandkids at that point and we glued a quarter next to each name and then <laughs> across the top of it, it just read, here's your quarter. And we framed it for him. <laughs> we had it hanging. <laughs> Showed it to everybody who came over. <laughs> but he was, they were just that kind of people. And I think that's where I get it. Like, nobody, nobody was alone on holidays. Nobody ate, nobody left hungry. Um, there was never... Like they do not have a large house, dude. Like I'm I'm pretty sure my grandparents' house could fit in two floors of my house, but it never mattered. Everybody came, everybody was welcome. You had people who didn't have places to spend Christmas or Thanksgiving or Easter. Bring up <laughs> The only rule was tell them how many people you're bringing so they knew how much food to make. <laughs> and that's just, I don't know, that was, that was the way we were raised. Nobody deserved to go hungry. Nobody deserved to be alone. So, and that's what killed us, watching him in the nursing home, having to literally sit outside and watch him through a window. But, yeah. Well, Sorry. I can tell you, no, no need to apologize at all. I can tell you for as long as I've known you and, and been associated with, with you guys and and your streams and everything, certainly those values, uh, you hold the heart and, you know, you, you continue that trend because all are welcome you always have kind words for everyone, and you're always so giving of everybody else. It's uh, that's important. I'm glad that he instilled those values in 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 you, and that uh, that you get to take that to heart, and that um, that you had that, especially when you had the rough circumstances with your own father. At least you had, you know, grandpa there. So, yep. Uh, the next one's not any easier. God damn it. Uh, so the next one is Hope by NF. And you guys, you know, one of the things that was asked for was your your most played song. Um, I had to go with my third most because I've already discussed 
my first and second most played songs in previous episodes. Okay. Uh, to give, I want to give a little bit of context of how I first heard this song and how I interpreted it. Bye. And then we'll play it and then we can talk about it. And Jared can hate me forever afterwards for continuing the ever depressing <laughs> roller coaster downward. Um, in this song, basically, if you like, I realize that the meaning that he ascribes to this is he is talking to himself and his alternate persona that he's made. But uh, envision this, if you will, as you listen to it this time as a conversation between myself and my father. Okay. Oh, I'm on my way, I'm coming. Don't, don't lose faith in me. I know you've been waiting. I know you've been praying for my soul. You've been dragging your feet, telling me I'm the reason we're stagnant. 30 years you've been claiming your honest and promising progress. Well, where is it at? I don't want you to feel like a failure. I know this hurts, but I gave you your chance to deliver. Now it's my turn. Don't get me wrong nature had the great one but it's time to give the people something different so without further ado i like to introduce my my album my album my album my album my album hope what's my definition of success Listening to what your heart says Standing up for what you know is Right while everybody else is Tucking their toe between their legs What's my definition of success? Creating something no one else is Being brave enough to dream big Grinding when you're told to just quit Giving more when you got nothing left It's a person that'll take a chance on Something they were told could never happen It's a person that can see the bright side Through the dark times when there ain't one They are just to try and gain some credibility so they can feel accepted by a stranger. It's a person that can take the fears in their life and turn them into motivation. It's believing in yourself when no one else does. It's amazing what a little bit of faith can't do if you don't even believe in you. Why would you think or expect anybody else that's around you to? I done did things that I regret. I done said things I can't take back. Was a lost soul at a crossroad who had no hope, but I changed that. I spent years of my life holding on to things I never should have kept full of hate. Years of my life carrying a lot of baggage that I should have walked away from Years of my life wishing I was someone different looking for some validation Years of my life trying to fill a void pretending I was in They get it 
pains are necessary, evil, difficult to go through, yes, but beneficial. Some would say having a mental breakdown is a negative thing, which on one hand I agree, but on the other hand, it was the push I needed to get help and start the healing process. See, if I didn't ever hit my bottom, would I be the person that I am today? I don't believe so. I'm a proud example of what happens when you choose to not accept defeat and face your demons. Took me 30 years to realize that if you want to get the opportunity to be the greatest version of yourself, sometimes you gotta be someone you're not to hear the voice of reason. Having people make you really take a step back and look in the mirror, at least for me, that's what it did. I wake up every day and pick my son up, hold him in my arms and let him know he's loved. Love. Standing by the window, questioning if that is ever going to show up. Up isn't something he's gonna have to worry about. Don't get it twisted. That was in the shop. Mama, I forgive you. I just don't want him to grow up thinking that he'll never be enough. 30 years of running, 30 years of searching, 30 years of hurting, 30 years of pain, 30 years of fearful, 30 years of anger, 30 years of empty, 30 years of shame, 30 years of broken, 30 years of anguish, 30 years of hopeless, 30 years of hate, 30 years of never, 30 years of maybe, 30 years of later, 30 years of faith, 30 years of hollow, 30 years of sorrow, 30 years of darkness, 30 years of hate, 30 years of baggage, 30 years of sadness, 30 years of stagnant, 30 years of change, 30 years of patience, 30 years of suffering, 30 years of torment, 30 years of hate, 30 years of bitter, 30 years of lonely, 30 years of pushing everyone away, you'll never revolve, I know I can change, we are not enough, we are not the same, you don't have the heart, you don't have the strength, you don't have the will, you don't have the faith, you'll never be loved, you'll never be safe, might as well give up, not running away, you don't have the guts, you're the one afraid, I'm the one in charge, I'm taking the, I'm taking the, brains. a different style of music I'll give it that uh I have not said anything that I'm about to say out loud to another person ever uh so having the context and the backstory of sort of how I've been raised and grown up and feel and mentality. So not too long ago, I had to go and have a, I mean, I literally had to scream at my father and, and, because he wouldn't listen to anyone else and kind of pseudo force him to go to therapy. But just like with fucking everything else, it's like this instant gratification. Like you see dealing with addicts of, well, I'm going to therapy and I'm trying. So why isn't everybody just forgiving me for everything? Mm -hmm. It doesn't fucking work that way. And there's so much of the song that encompasses that, but on top of that, I found out when I came back and I still am trying to process through and not blame myself because I ran from my problems and I ran to Missouri and everything felt too much to me and I left. And I left my little sister with him. And he hurt her. He broke her wrist. And then he repeated that behavior recently with 
my niece, his granddaughter. And I want to hate him, but I can't. And I hate that I can't hate him. The ambivalence is so heavy because I know that this image and this person that I have missed isn't real. And that's not how people work. But everyone's gone. And I always wanted to have, I wanted my dad. And I wanted to have that. And I wanted to have that relationship with my sons. I didn't get to know his dad. I didn't get to grow up with that grandpa. And I didn't want my sons to grow up that way. And this whole, I mean, everything we've talked about kind of culminates in this, the the line where he's talking about 30 years of anguish, 30 years of uh, waiting, 30 years of sadness, 30 years of chains. <laughs> like, I know that feeling because I didn't really confront any of this stuff until recently. And, you know, having kids will make you change how you see things. And he's right, because it did for me. It changed everything about how I saw things. And what I wanted and what I was willing to do and, and not do. And, and like, I know my sister hates him and I should, I want to drive out there and hit him. I want to break him. And I can't, I, and to, at times I feel like I'm weak for that. At times I, f I know that it's, because I I see value in all human life, but I I don't know, man. Like it's been fucking breaking me dealing with all of this and not knowing what to do or how to act and knowing that I can't throw my family away because of him. Mm -hmm. And I still want him to have the chance to change but I know it's not going to happen but I can't like my sisters all you know they hate him and they wrote him off and the rest of my family did and everybody did and there are some people in my family who treat me differently because of him because I look just like him and I'm not kidding I mean exactly like him there's a reason you'll never see me completely clean shaven. And it's because if I do, I'm identical. And I can't. And I have the same health problems. I like, there's always that lingering doubt in the back of my mind. Am I one problem, one surgery one pain pill away from doing the same thing to my family that he did and 
I know that's irrational, but it's the reason why I've never taken a pain pill ever. Like I've been stabbed. I've had teeth. I had a tooth shot off by a BB gun. I've had surgery. Like I've never taken a pain pill ever. Um, They tried to give me some when they had to pull a tooth that was all fucked up and they gave me the legal maximum amount of numbing agent and couldn't numb it. I told him, no, fuck it. Just pull it. I'll grin and bear it. Because I, somewhere in the back of my mind is still that fear of becoming him. And I, I can't do that. I think that's less about fear and more about being strong and mature and making a conscious decision to not go down that path to make sure that you are a, a bigger person and a better man and a better father. And, you know, circumstances being what they were, weren't necessarily his fault. He had a lot of things that happened to him, but he also made choices oh, I know. along that path. And so you are making choices specifically to avoid that. And I don't think that that is, fear motivated i think that that is the most mature thing that you could do as a human being and and as a father to be conscious of doing things differently and you mentioned before um about the like uh about the attempt uh, to at self-harm and you know kind of made a, a comment about people maybe thinking that you, you don't have any kind of right to tell anybody else or, or what, whatever I think that makes you the most qualified because you've been there and you know what it feels like and you know the the desperation and uh, uh yeah I think that makes you the perfect candidate to be able to to tell people that you know you can be stronger and you can get through things and just the the limited stories that you've that you shared with us about the events that have transpired in your life and what you've been through and knowing the the human being that you are it just I'm amazed. I'm astounded that you are that strong and that you are that person. And I'm so thankful that we are friends and that uh, you have been so open and willing and honest to share yourself and your story with others, because I do think that it can help. And I'm thankful for you, man. And I feel for you. You're supposed could... to be nice to me, Eric. I'm not good at that. I love you, buddy. I love you, too. If I could offer you one piece of advice, David. Letting go is one of the hardest things you will ever do. But God damn, does it feel good after a little while. Once you can get over... There are two points in my life where I have just let go. I just stopped. And it sucked for a good little minute. It did suck. And for a good little minute, it does suck. And 
having those conversations with your parents about very real scenarios and situations that have transpired and they're a little curious on, on why. And you're just like, well, here's the reasons. Here you go. For a little bit, it can be a shit show. But brother, the weight off of your chest and the less that you have to carry is going to help you. But that's not a decision anybody else can make. I don't envy anybody else having to go through that. But if I can give you my quarter, my nickel, <laughs> I'd, uh, I'd toss it your way, bud. Sometimes letting go is a good idea. Oh, I know. I've walked away from a lot in my life. A lot of people, a lot of things that are toxic. Like, there's so many stories that didn't get even touched on. Like, I had a friend who abused my wife that was like a brother to me that I had to kick out of my life. Um, things like that. But I, I, I won't leave my mom behind. I left my sister behind. And look what happened there. So that's the whole reason I haven't walked away from it all yet. My mom still won't leave. I feel you. And I yeah. I feel you and all of that. And that's yeah. that's why I think you're an awesome dude. That is I think that's half the reason why I joined your community to begin with. Like honestly, the way you welcomed me with open arms, dude, when, when I when you first taught me Tarkov and how <laughs> you're like, You're a mod, here you go. I didn't do anything to deserve that. You're like, hey, come join me on stream. I know I just met you a little while ago. You're a cool dude. Come stream with me for St. Jude's, one of the biggest things that you are super passionate about. Like, it just speaks to how badass you are, man. And and I think that's why whiskey, you know, raise all of us. We we love you to death, dude. And there's not a day that doesn't go by that I wish you would just get off your fucking stream and play Tarkov with me, man. <laughs> you know, like, I just come play with us on Tuesday night, Monday night, when you're supposed to be doing all this other stuff. Tell Kyle he can come on. Tell <laughs> tell Jake to game master for us some, you know, and do more customs night. Like, I look forward to every Sunday with you more than you could ever know, just because you were like the glue that holds a lot of us together on that community. Trust me. So from all of us here at File Entertainment, File Entertainment, and you know Parrot Gaming Productions and everywhere else, dude, you love you, brother. Love you. Absolutely. God damn it, Jared. <laughs> You're supposed to be the dick joke guy. No, I'm I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm I'm really good. Um I like I, it too, man. I, I made three jokes earlier to try to lighten the mood and got told to fuck off and I'm over. We didn't tell you to fuck off. <laughs> I'm we'll over to tonight. Off fuck off, Jim. <laughs> uh. No, I everything that he said, my sentiments exactly. That's I mean it was that's just the the kind of person that david is and and jake as well and and even kyle i mean i know we give kyle grief but i mean that that entire crew is just always so welcoming and, and so generous and so giving so like selfless and uh, that's one of the huge reasons why i was just so thankful to to be able to to find these guys and to interact with them as much as i do and i wish that it could be even more it's a yeah just phenomenal group of group of guys and we appreciate you guys we do 
Until Jake becomes a genie in a golden banana. <laughs> friendships, like you said, friendships as an adult are hard sometimes. And finding people who genuinely want to connect instead of want to use you for something is a rare treat. And so I appreciate you letting me come on here. I appreciate you letting me um, sort of share this. And I hope that people who listen to this feel like there's some form of connection and and can feel the authenticity of my yeah, experience sure. because I, I I don't know how how they couldn't <laughs> so I mean I un, unfortunately I have uh some more comments or for questions rather about that song if you're willing to yeah 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 yeah, yeah. I mean, I you kind of touched on like the most kind of profound lyrics, the ones that mean the much to you. So, uh, do you think that people who love and appreciate you would hear this song and hear you in it? No, I don't, because I've spent so much of my time hiding that from them, trying to protect them. Um, I mean, even my wife, like. I probably listened to this song 400 times before I sent it to her and was like this kind of, you know, cause she knew something was off and I just, I wasn't ready to talk about it yet. And, you know, I was like, Hey, this kind of explains everything I've been feeling. And then, you know, we had a conversation with it and it's not like I was keeping it from her, but you know, it, I wanted to process it. I didn't want to. Yeah fly off the handle um so no i don't think i think if you went and gathered up you know 30 people that i that know me fairly well and played the song i don't think they would hear any part of me in this and i think that that's because i deliberately try not to give my burdens to other people that's why you know, I only talk about stuff like this in this type of setting in a way where it's like, okay, here's where I can give the the, the context and the reason and and sure. why this is the way that I'm feeling or this is the way that this is because I think that that's important. I think that with that, it can be valuable. But if I were to just walk around wearing this on me, then it becomes a detriment to my impact on other people hmm. wow oh, that's just that hurts man so so much because i mean it could be um, obviously it's factual but it's just so like where's your relief then I mean outside of this setting I mean having to hang on to that and try to be strong for everybody else like where so was this at least like cathartic to be able oh, to yeah. talk about it in this setting oh yeah 100% Um, and I, I find ways to cope with things and and healthy ways and i i you know i find settings like this and you know it's no different than like with everything that happened with my son i had a group of people who unfortunately have again fallen apart kind of but 
I had a group of people that I could talk to and express my vulnerabilities and worries and concerns so that I could stay strong for my wife, um, you know, with everything going on with our second and, and all of that terrifying, like, God, <laughs> you ever want to know fear being told that you're, child might not live that is true fear um at least if you're a decent fucking human being um but yeah i i don't know like i i i appreciate things like this and i i don't know it doesn't feel like it's a i don't, know, I don't feel like i'm carrying a weight around or anything with this i i i just i it's almost the opposite. I feel like by addressing it in specific ways and specific places and using coping mechanisms that I am allowing the, the truth of what I want to present to be what affects other people. Mm -hmm. um, and I allow my core beliefs to be part of that interaction rather than my trauma. So I appreciate that. Jared, do you have any questions about this song or about the the journey in general? Not really, no. I learned a bit tonight. Um <laughs> you know, I was I wasn't dreading it, to be honest with you. I was, I, I knew what I was in for, and I knew that I was going to learn a lot about David that I probably wouldn't ever know without poking and prodding. But I mean, honestly, it's just kind of reinforced the dude, you should have been military. Like, you sound like every other guy I know out there who is like, it, it's, it's just so uncanny because it's like the moment we open up, it's just like, well, fuck, dude, that's like 20 years worth of shit and, you know, four hours, man. Like, you, you gotta, like, you gotta, you gotta give it to me in chunks. And, you know, it's, it's not, a, it's not a bad thing, but that's just how we are. You know, we're, we're, yeah. we're told to bottle it up. And even though a lot of people are like, how the fuck do you do that? You're just like, dude, it's, I, I like David said, I don't carry a weight with me. It's not like it's some sort of little lump that's gonna turn into cancer when I'm, you know, 38. It's just, it's there, it exists, and fuck it. When it comes up, it comes up, and I'll talk about it, but then it goes to its little hobby place, it stays where it, it stays, and it only comes out when I tell it to. Like, well, that's because, it. like you said, I mean, we kind of are forced to compartmentalize, and yeah. uh, especially, like, there's, well, because I, I'm older than you guys, so, I mean, I think it's, kind of the the worm is turning a little bit now i think we're becoming a little bit more uh, like open and, and accepting but i mean i'm of the like generation where it's like yeah men are supposed to be like we're, <laughs> we're not supposed to cry we're supposed to be like the the providers and you know you're, you're supposed to just like not have emotions and not have feelings and just be the, this like stoic kind of like individual. Right. And especially that's kind of like the perception of a military person, right. It's just like compartmentalize everything. Don't show any kind of emotion, you know, don't. And it's just like, I, I push back so much on that. It's like that. I'm going to be me. Like if I'm going to be raw and emotional on my show, 
that's that's who I am. I mean, I'm an open book. And if someone doesn't like it, they can not listen and unfollow. Like that's I'm not going to not be myself. And that's what I always strive for with my guests and with my friends as well. It's like be your unique self and don't worry about again just like whatever you're comfortable telling is what i'm comfortable hearing and expressing and putting out in the world like I, I just want people to be real and be themselves and i think that's we heard a lot from david about him being real and being himself and i i value that so much and I am really appreciative. That's it's very brave. So thank you. Yeah. No, thanks for letting me come on here and trauma dump on you guys for. You know. <laughs> no. I know how much Jared loves that. He loves <laughs> when people trauma dump on it. No, I tried it and I try to present it. I mean, it was hard because it's hard to talk about some of these things. But again, like. While these things are traumatic and hard to talk about. Like I don't, again, I don't use them as a crutch to justify it. Like it's an explanation of why I am what I am, but not, it is, it doesn't excuse. I mean, I'm still human. I fuck up. I make bad decisions time, but who I am is not because of these things. It's in spite of them. That's perfectly said. And that's another just really mature way uh, and strong way of looking at things because a lot of people do still use that as a crutch. Like, Oh, I had this happen to me. So I'm this way. And you know, this is my like get out of jail free card essentially just to kind of chalk it up to, you know, past trauma or experience and, and just blame everything on that event or events. Yeah. Um, but to be able to kind of like recognize that, know how much it affected you. But to to be strong enough to be cognizant of it and move on, like making conscious decisions to go in a different direction from what that trauma could have led you to is the bravest and most admirable thing that I can think of. And I can't thank you enough for for being a part of this. And I guess now is the the portion where we're gonna get into the uh the rankings. Yeah, now the now the laugh laugh ha ha. Uh dry the eyes. Get yeah. back to asshole mode, right? <laughs> well, we'll <All> right. try. <laughs> right. I, I, I thought we were gonna end it on a on a pretty note there and just Jared's like, are we done? Close. Yeah. I, well, I, I was I was looking at it because I'm thinking here. I was but, like, that's a perfect way to just end the show there. Just no, my guy. We we still got rankings and we got is it Hootie and what you're playing. So Fuck. don't we think could that, not. Don't think just, that we're getting out of that. Try so, to get out of shit here today, David. Yeah. Why why do you got to do that? Why do you got to remind? I agreed him? with you. Yeah. You know what? That's I'm just gonna play the sound effect. There's nothing you can do to stop no. this. I'm gonna play the sound effect, and we're just gonna roll out of here. You can't stop me. Try we me. We can't. We can't defy the boss. But no, I did. Listen, I did, I did you have, guys, you guys listen to my shit. 
Yeah. So now it's time to. Well, I, d- I do want to. I do want to do the rankings because they're fun, and I do want to give you my songs. But yes. I'm going to play the closing sound effect because <laughs> I'm not going to play. Is it Hootie tonight and be make another ass of myself? Oh, you're playing it. Believe oh, that. you'll do better than me, Jared. Don't worry. <laughs> I love how he's like, you'll play it, and it's like I could just hit end now. <laughs> I'm going to get a stern talk at you. I'm going to get a verbal warning after this, David. (laughs) I'm going to get written up. Yeah, I was going to say management is not happy, Jared. (laughs) (laughs) Management is pissed. (laughs) I also muted not too long ago because it was like, David's talking really softly and my AC is kicking on and I know it can get a little loud and you're being really quiet. And so like, I'm trying to just like, I just mute everything. I'm like, all right, we're going to, we're just not just like have the hum of my AC going while he's getting really deep with it. It's like, that would have been bad. (laughs) (laughs) What song stood out to you most personally? freaks radio edit i didn't know that's the title of the song but i fucking love that song (laughs) i didn't know what it was called i just knew it was a fun-ass song and i just i as soon as you i hit play i was like oh yeah yeah that's i know this one this is my favorite well so maybe this is like recency bias for me but um well i originally had a hotel california because i said it like that completely set the tone for the episode and what we're going to be kind of diving into, but um, hope the one that we finished off with is obviously it's a huge uh, standout. So, I mean, especially with you telling us about how much it meant, you know, certainly it's a standout song. When you said recency bias is like, what were you there when they came out with hotel California, dude? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Fuck you. I'm not that old. Jesus. (laughs) uh what song was so perfectly fit to david in your opinion i don't know like you're like way to contribute well it's like here jared (laughs) listen to a bunch of songs with a bunch of backstory just learn a bunch of shit in the last four hours about a guy that you just play games with every so often and it's like which one dude like these are standard questions that we've been doing Rolodex. with all of our guests. I don't care. Rolodex. Listener, pull up your phone, type in random number 1 through 13. There you go. There's your answer. Jesus Christ. <laughs> what do you, what? Uh, I selected O Valencia because that's like uh, the folk indie rock, David, is the the one that I initially like learned about. And so, yeah, that's the that's the music I associate with you the most. I'm gay. I'm, like, everything stood out, dude. Like, I don't... There's, I know there's no right or wrong answer, but your answer is always wrong. Uh, what is the, what's the most surprising song on, on the list? I told you, management pissed. Um, <laughs> when Kempo strikes, like that was just like it's got the stick figure drawing, right? And then it's like he's he's from the res, and like I remember one time I, a buddy of mine who I barely knew, he he was. He was native, right? I, I don't know if that's the, the correct way to say it, but like he's like, hey, come with me to the reservation and drop off my cat before I deploy. We got pulled over because I was the white guy in his car. And I never knew the kid, but he trusted me enough to do this. And I just, I think it's so hilarious. Like, this song is just so wildly out there. It's just, ah, two thumbs up, five stars. Yeah, I, I also selected that as my most surprising song that I wouldn't have pegged that as being on. David's list. That's fair. 
John, I listened to a lot of Red Cloud when I was younger. <laughs> I, 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 I guarantee he's not listening. But John, uh, this that one's that one's for you, bud. Yeah. If I say what? his last name, people will know who he is. I'm gonna keep interrupting you until you, until I don't get a written warning. Oh, you're t- <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna get a verbal, written, and then like a a formal like summons, like a final notice. <laughs> when you visit at the end of the month, you're gonna get a slap. I'll finally yeah, be fired, get, David. You're gonna get all of it. No, what was the it's... song you disliked the most? The one I disliked the most. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have to return whatever, whatever, whatever by Breathe Carolina. I yeah, I know I've heard a couple of their songs before, and it's like real hit or miss with those guys. Mm-hmm. But it, it it was a good song. I enjoyed it, but just because of the cringy videos of falling in reverse, I got a you know tit for tat. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it wasn't a bad song, but I mean, of the 13 songs, it's the one that I definitely like the least. So I also went with that one. Did we just become Uh, best friends? I'm of the 13. I thought we were before, but I was totally David before. Uh, Of the 13, it's probably the one that I like the least as well. Really? Uh, Even Freaks, which I hate, but I also love. Yeah, I I have more fond memories of Freaks than. The I, Carolina song. I initially had that. I even put that. I wrote that, and then I had to put that in parentheses. And then because after you started telling us about the fond memories uh, of like the experience, and it, you just like had a smile on your face as you were like kind of reliving that stuff, and I was like, "Well, this is a good memory that's associated with." It. I can't very well say that this is my least favorite song now, so I had to go with the other. One, so I have, I I have two very like I was gonna go with somewhere where I belong for mm. one reason. Because my cousin, who was like uber religious, the guy who like he like I thought I thought like organized religion was a little weird to begin with, like, and then I met him post living in a cave, right? <laughs> um, and and when he integrated back into society, and like he like he was the one that introduced me to that song, and I was like, just two very contrasting different meanings, right? Like when I first heard the song to to yours, and I was like, I. Little sad panda there, but yeah, I gotta go with uh, "Breathe Carolina." It it just it it doesn't it doesn't bang on all cylinders like everyone else does. Okay, I don't know if because um, we went kind of all over the board, so I don't know, Jared, if you had selected a song to recommend. I did for David. I okay, did. I did have a song. Um, uh, again, at first, I was not 110% sure where to go with a song, because usually, I'm not going to lie, I find the songs, uh, as, I, as I'm listening to your music, as we're going through things, as we're talking, that is how I found Jake's song, that is how I found Mark and Eric's song, is just associating it with that. And I think by song four, I remember the lyrics, word for word by these guys, uh, there's a song by the band 36 Crazy Fists called Bloodwork. It is it's not typically what they do because their music is called hype metal. Uh, basically what they do is they make an album and then they're like, what if we played all of our music live at 1.2 times speed? And that's what hype metal basically is. And it sucks is what it does. 
because when you're listening to something live and they play it faster, it is it is not as glorious. But uh, Bloodwork by 36 Crazy Fists, I think, is a great song for David. That is that is my okay. choice. All right. Um, mine is uh, from an artist that uh, David actually joined um, the episode about. It was when he and Jake were discussing the Hold Steady and I was talking about Halsey. But this is a song that we didn't feature, but it is a song that she wrote for her uh, son. And I don't even know how to say it. <laughs> Because I think uh, maybe it's Yiddish. I, I don't know. It's Ya a Bernie. It's Y A apostrophe A B U R N E E. And uh, again, I, I'm sorry. Y A apostrophe A B U R N E E. It's basically kind of like a a love song or an ode to uh, her child. And I know how much uh, David's sons mean to him and how good of a dad he is and how he would share the same kind of sentiment. So I think this is a good song. You bury me in Arabic. Okay. Hmm. Adding that to the list right now. I'll listen. I will give it a listen. All right. So I guess there's nothing left but to play. For those not the, familiar uh, with the Diablo. game, that's all I wanted to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Four snippets of lyrics and a bonus fifth stanza. Our contestants, David and Jared, will listen to me read them aloud and then tell me if they believe that the song was performed by Hootie and the Blowfish. At least one of the four will be perhaps more, but at least one. Whether it is or is not Hootie, if the contestant can correctly identify the song title and artist, those are good for bonus points. So, first, we have... I never thought the day would come when I would see his hand, not mine, holding onto yours because I could not find the time. Now I can't deny, nothing lasts forever. I don't want to leave, and I see the teardrops in your eyes. I don't want to live to see the day we say goodbye. Is it Hootie? Uh, I'm going to say AI-generated gener lyrics. Um... Acoustic and then uh, mood sadness. Okay. Why? Because it's me. <laughs> well, I, my original answer was I'm only here so I don't get fined like Marshawn Lynch. Um, but I had to choose something. So I and I, I felt actually pretty strongly like when it started that it was the AI generated lyrics because I mm. have been pretty good at that. You have, yeah, yeah. You speak with the robots. Um, <laughs> I. No, that's not Hootie. I don't know who it is, but it's not Hootie. Okay. Ever since I left the city, you got a reputation for yourself now. Everybody knows, and I feel left out. Girl, you got me down. You got me stressed out. Because ever since I left the city, you started wearing less and going out more. 
Now, when when he says girl, is it girl or girl? Like it, because I need to know if it's pronunciated like Aerosmith would say girl. I am not at liberty to say. Can you give me the song title so I can Google it real quick? (laughs) How stupid do you think that I am? (laughs) You hired me. Um, I'm actually going with, I think that's Aerosmith. I don't know what song, but I think it's Aerosmith. Um, Okay. It is not Aerosmith. It is not Hootie. It is... uh, like R&B pop artist whose name I don't know, but I can see an image of him. He's popular, which tells you I don't know him. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, prices. You don't think you'd go meta with it? (laughs) No, I recognize that those lyrics. Um, I'm pretty sure. If not, it's pretty dang close. I, I feel what? like you you should get negative points because you, you yeah no never mind all right I I, I had no idea. I should I hate this game I've never heard a single Hootie and the Blowfish song okay <laughs> listen you want to declare me the loser right now you're right no we're finishing this out all no, right no, we you're, got you're like he's popular but I don't know it like but I can like there I had I had a thing and I didn't so okay wait. I was trying to see if I could recall his. I was vamping while I was trying to call his recall his name. He's popular. <laughs> right. You should know. I can see him. Like fucking okay. That's like at least twenty people for me right off the bat. Yeah, no shit. I was trying to remember the name. <laughs> Moving on, we blew past the army motorcade and its abnormal lo- load haulage. Sorry, I'm. Let me start it over. We blew past the army motorcade and its abnormal load haulage. The gravity of the situation came on us like a bit of new knowledge. The bubbliest bubble bath broke down on the bank. Did somebody actually... Oh, I'm going to be so... Haulage. Somebody used the word haulage so they could rhyme with... Wow, okay. Um, You know what? Fuck it. Hootie and the Blowfish. I feel like they'd be uh, hippie enough to do that. <laughs> David. You I've know never... what? Sure. We'll call this Hootie and the Blowfish. I don't fucking know. They're hippie enough to be weird. They're weird enough to be hippie? I don't know. Well, no, Whatever like, that means. Who, who would use the word haulage oh, in a fucking song? I remember his name. It's uh, uh, Drake for the other one. No, no retroactive points. <clears throat> that's not, fair. That's not how this All works. Right. Okay, fair. Listen, I, you expect me to remember Drake? I don't yes. fucking care about Drake. I know who Drake is. I don't. Well, I don't know. Said I don't know right now. I might love you so. You say you're going to beg me. Turn the lights down low. You said you're going to make me feel all aglow. Oh, that's Aerosmith. That is 100% Aerosmith. (laughs) It does sound like Aerosmith. (laughs) You think for for a guy who's played this for a couple episodes, he'd know. That is Aerosmith through and through, baby. I would stake my next girlfriend on it. Wow. That doesn't mean definitive. I'm going to say no, it's not Hootie, but I, 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 I'm not confident enough to say it's Aerosmith. <laughs> Come on, David. You've, you've gone the route with me every single time. Let's do this. 
I'm not jumping out of this plane with you. Sorry. (laughs) All right. All right. And here's our bonus. A full account of mistakes, final cuts, and the scars. They are showing smiles of relief. This is where we started. Moments that will forever stay in our minds. My heart is full of love. A song to sing to welcome back the day. Relief from your pain and your sorrow is an ocean's time. This is my prayer, like time in the yearning summer. Uh. Exactly. Oh, okay. Okay. Could you use it in a sentence, please? I used it in several sentences. <laughs> he did. Yeah, that was a lot of. That was a lot. Um. AI. I don't care. AI. Not Hootie and the Blowfish. Okay. If you think I, I that know. it's like you said before, you. Jared, you thought one was AI and you gave prompts. If you think this is AI, do you have prompts that you would like to give? I don't I don't know. You said words. That's about as positive as I'm, I, I am. I, I know it's English. There were there were some biblical sounding <laughs> words in that. <laughs> yeah, prompt in English. There you go. <laughs> okay, here we go. Eric's like, you guys both got negative two. <laughs> yeah Probably. somehow you, yeah, you both didn't score a single point that's incredible yeah all right uh never thought the that. day would come <laughs> uh hand not mine blah 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 nothing lasts forever i don't want to live to see the day we say goodbye is hootie and the blowfish goodbye so neither of you scored a point on that one uh ever since i left the city got a reputation blah 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 um Jared said yes that it was Hootie. That was not correct. David, you were correct saying that it was not Hootie and that it was Drake. That's Hotline Bling. So you are at two points. Like it's Hotline Bling. <laughs> That's the name of the song. You All right. gave him retroactive points. He got it that it was Drake. After the fact. That is correct. <laughs> We blew past the army motorcade and the haulage that Jared was impressed with. You both said, yes, that was Hootie. You are correct. The name of the song is Gravity of the Situation. So you both got one point. David is at three. Jared is at one. Uh, I don't know. Said, I don't know right now. I feel all aglow. You both said, no, that it was not Hootie. That is correct. It was the Shirelles. The song is Tonight's the Night. So David is at four and Jared is at two points. And then the bonus. Full count of mistakes. Final cuts and scars showing smiles of relief. You both said no, it was not Hootie. That is the AI generated uh, song. That prompt was relief. The genre was country and the mood very happy. (laughs) So... um, Jared, you said no, it was not who you, so you got a point. You also said that it was AI, so you got a point. So you're at four points. But then David also said no, that it was not Hootie. So he has five points and wins. Congratulations, David. Fitting that it was your episode that you won Hootie <laughs> and the Blowfish. I will never win that game ever again. <sighs> Does anyone really win? I mean, like... No, Even it's the Hootie and the Blowfish. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> why is it that on my episode, I do the best I've ever done? And like, I, it's 
Like, I have nobody to play with, so it's just me. <laughs> like, why? 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 I hate this game. <laughs> and honestly, you should have even done better because I gave you, like, an architect song. <laughs> I gave you lyrics from one of the bands that you picked on your list. Look, I know there was. And you didn't get it. It's... Look. <laughs> Look. All right? It, it, it wasn't a song that I listened to. All right? <laughs> It wasn't a song I listened to. And secondly, sure. <laughs> sure. Okay. Valid argument. All right. Um, Mr. David, thank you again, as always, for being a part of this, for being so <laughs> open and sharing so much. Please tell everyone where they can find more David. Uh, yeah, you can find me on the H episode of Final Hunter Entertainment, the S episode. <laughs> No, but uh, really, you can find me here. You can find me on Life is Unfair, the Malcolm in the Middle rewatch podcast where I am the talent. Um, and uh, you can also find me over on any social media and also on Twitch at LP Deathray. We stream video games, things like that. I'm the owner, founder and CEO. And Jared, where can they find more of whatever it is that you are? You can follow me on Fallen Entertainment. Uh, Fallen Entertainment as the producer. Hopefully the CEO after Hostile Takeover. Um, <laughs> there was that one episode of Life is Unfair that I'm technically on. Uh, so that's kind of cool. Um, He's a silent partner. <laughs> like, I, I, yeah, I, I was, I was gonna pop in and I was gonna say something, and like they didn't even, like they were so professional, they just kept going. They're like, what? Like I don't even know if they noticed, but I was just, I was just sitting there and I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say something. I was literally talking to Ray's, and I think it was Ray's and Vexus. Like I'm gonna pop on and say something and be a part of the episode, just nonchalantly. I get in there, and I just sat there, and like they were going at it, and I'm like, I'm too bitch made to do this. <laughs> I passed out. <laughs> to be fair like every time i guest on a life and so fair episode i think that they probably wish that i was a silent partner as well especially only when... <laughs> for the wtff <laughs> yeah where the fuck's francis that's that segment parrot sorry gaming. jerry now that you're fine parrot gaming productions um i'm trying to get back into all the youtube stuff and just as, as eric and mark and David has said, I am the hardest working man in uh, podcasting. And basically anywhere you can find any of our dumb faces talking, I guarantee you, I am there. So, For sure. And we are, as much grief as we give you, we are very glad that you are a part of this, that you are the co-host and the super producer of the show. Thank I want, you. I Thank want both PTO of you. In my contract. <laughs> I want PTO. <laughs> uh... Hey, when I fire your ass, you can have all the time off that you want. Yes. <laughs> Yay. As long as you're here for every episode. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I do. I do. I do love this. Um, I, I, th I think my biggest fear with this episode, David, was honestly just learning shit about you that like, uh, again, it. I remember there was one specific point in my life where a buddy of mine called me like out of the blue. It, like it was so out of the fucking blue. And we just went down like this rabbit hole of like five years of just things that he had learned. And I was like, I found a new found respect for him, but also it's like, I just, I was, I was afraid to learn about you, brother. That's it. I was just afraid to learn about you. 
and, and I was afraid to 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 learn everything. But now it's okay because now I can I can throw more shit at you, and that's all right. <laughs> it's uh, Jared is clearly loopy. Has been for a while. <laughs> it's time to allow that man to go to sleep. So we are going to say thank you to everyone stuck with this long episode we appreciate you and until next time we're gonna slam that filing cabinet shut <laughs>